Hello. Hi. <laughs> Why does it always start with us going, hi, and then just awkward laughter? <laughs> uh, because we're, we're awkward people. Yeah. Hello and welcome to Off The Book Podcast. I'm Maddie. And I'm Beth. And we talk all things YA, NA and adult books. Um, now, you're probably listening to this thinking, oh, I can't wait to hear about Crescent City. They've been like hyping us up for the longest. But you know what? Congratulations. Maddie and I played ourselves. We actually did a little switcheroo because we forgot that actually there's five Mondays in November. Five Mondays. That's a lot of Mondays. Um, so we postponed Crescent City, definitely because I'm only halfway through. Mm. Um, but also, we had both just binge read from Blood and Ash by, I think it's Jennifer Armentrout. Yeah. And we're obsessed. So mm. we were like, wait, hold, hold, hold the front door. We can, we can do that while we wait to finish Crescent City. So, um, yeah, because yeah. there's no way in hell that... I mean, I needed to reread Crescent City and you needed to read Crescent City and that wasn't happening in what, like the three days that we had. And keeping in mind, Maddie and I both work two jobs. So it's been really, really hectic. And then we just realised, I think it was like, like perfect, like accidental timing of like, instead of reading the book we were meant to read, we both read this one book in like a day and a half. So we should probably do that. Beth got the book and, and read the book in like the space of two days I want to say yeah in the space of two days yeah and we was in a lockdown at that point so Beth was like I'm sending you the book I don't care you need to read it so Beth drove all the way to my house just basically just to give me this book just to give me I gave her the book and she started it later that evening and I was like thank god because I need to talk to somebody about it and then Maddie finished it but yes so then we've both got the sequel which is a kingdom of flesh and fire which surprise we're adding that to our december because we have to talk about it Mm -hmm. because we can't not we have to um i would just like to say um maddie's not had the chance to see this yet because okay in a in a weird thing we've we're using the same notes maddie's done the majority and then i've done the dumb bitch comments at the ending um oh that noise by the way is my dog Oh, which, which dog? Moose. Which dog? Oh, Moose. Moose yeah. is adorable. I don't, I, so I've gone upstairs because I realised that sitting in the conservatory was a bad idea because of the echo. So I'm now upstairs in my old bedroom, which is now like my brother's bedroom slash hangout space. So I went and sat on the sofa. It's um like a pleather sofa, by the way. So if you can hear me moving, that's why I'm very sorry. And... Mm-hmm. I cleared a seat just for me because that's all I was going to bother doing. And he just tried to jump. Siri's talking to me now. Um, Siri wants to get involved in the podcast. He tried to jump on top of the mounting of stuff that was like next to me. So I just had to make time to clear the space off so that he could come and sit next to me on the sofa. And now, I mean, nobody can see it, but his head is just like. He's there. He's He's involved. He's involved. But I can't put my laptop down properly and it's really annoying me. <laughs> I, Moose is doing the Lord's work. What a, what a good a little boy. bandana on. I don't know if you can see. Oh, you've got a bandana. While we're talking about dogs, I have to give a special shout out because it's my dog's birthday. Her name is Lulu. 
she's six years old and as a present my dad got her we are we are those people we do dress our dog up at christmas because she's ridiculous and it makes everyone really happy and also she's a really small dog so it keeps her warm and i was outside doing something and my dad just opened the door and out comes the dog running in a penguin costume I screamed. I think the workmen across the street stopped thinking, what the hell is going on? And then they saw me staring at this dog dressed as a penguin. It was wild. I loved it. It was amazing. She, is, she does look really cute. Also, I cannot judge you because we have Halloween and Christmas jumpers for both of the dogs. And they That's have, so when they went um, like puppy training, they had a Christmas party for the, the puppies. And we got them little matching bow ties. So they both have matching bow ties. And Max has a um, Max has a bow tie and Dexter has an actual tie because he is a gentleman. <laughs> so cute. Um, before we get started, uh, as per usual, we've got our Maddie. What, what's your, how's your mental health and what have you read? Um, I'm hanging in there. <laughs> I'm hanging in there. Um, you know what for the first time ever I actually came home today and didn't have any planning to do for school <gasps> Amazing. I, uh, mainly because I knew we had to do this tonight and we didn't have the other option because we'd already told people that it was coming out today tonight. <laughs> so we couldn't backtrack and then um I mean it didn't happen on time anyway we're currently recording this at eight o'clock at night because life um Life. but yeah that was nice to get it all out of the way at school normally as well I get it finished and then I kind of I just leave before I email it to my mentor I emailed mm -hmm. it where everything is all done and I was like proud of myself yeah so I'm currently reading I'm still reading a song of Wraiths and Ruin mm -hmm. not got very far not gonna lie because then I read from Blood and Ash and now I'm reading A Kingdom of Flesh and Fire Mm -hmm. so didn't get very far with that one everyone says it's good and everyone was like oh it's an enemy to lovers and it's like incredible and the two the two main characters I'm halfway through the book haven't even spoken to each other yet so how is it an enemy to lovers yeah okay how is it an enemy they're not even interacting <laughs> so how could that be a thing anyway what about you um my mental health is, uh, I don't, there's only like one TikTok that can, that can just describe where I'm at mentally. And it's, um, it's a TikTok of this guy just going, um, so like, if I could describe myself as like a sound, it would be like Shakira's like, la -la -la -la. um, and I can't mm -hmm. explain why that's me right now, but it just is. I feel like I that's always you. <laughs> Well, I because I've worked out with this whole two job thing. One of my colleagues is off at the moment because she's having surgery, so I'm picking up shifts at my second job, which means I'm going to be working for the next thirteen days without a break. And uh, I sleep. I don't know her. Hmm. What is the concept? So today was my last day off, and I um. What did I, I, I spent it arguing with elderly people who, who were basically like refusing to follow COVID rules um, and buying Starbucks. That was my, that was my day off. And then, I mean, no, yeah. Then we spoke for like, what, 45 minutes? Just about, <laughs> just about nothing. I mean, it was podcast stuff, but also 
I probably shouldn't have been talking to you about podcast stuff at that time but here we are so yeah I woke up and you were texting me like and you were like on it you were like motivated <laughs> me, and I was really scared I was like this is really organized and I'm not a caffeine yet I can't do this well I, I was pretty at the school at 7 30 so and this was what like half 10 so at yeah. half 10 we we're already on period three like <laughs> At that point, I, I slept in today. I'd woken up at half 10 to your text of like, what is our plan? <laughs> I was prepared to pull a Gabriella Montes and go like, I gotta go my own way and just kind of maybe ignore your messages. But I love you too much, so I didn't. Thanks. <laughs> um, so uh, as we said, today's book is From Blood and Ash, which uh, is by Jennifer Armantrout. I think it's Armantrout. Yes. That's how um, I it. Before we start the book, I would like to just give a quick trigger warning because there are mentions of physical, mental and emotional abuse towards certain characters. Yep. There is also death. There is also some sex scenes. So just giving all of the warnings. Also the usual warning of we're dumbasses and we swear quite a lot. And spoilers, because, you know, this is a podcast where we talk about books. Um, Maddie's gone the smart way about this and she's, because this is the first book of a series, we're going to break down the kind of basic world building so that then as we go through our notes and discuss it, you'll understand the context. Mm -hmm. um, so I'm going to let Maddie take it away. Also, you'll probably be able to guess the moment it switches from Maddie's note taking to my dumb bitch note taking. And I hope everyone, especially Maddie, who's not read my notes, I hope you enjoy it. <laughs> Maddie read one of them and texted me in the middle of her day and was like, I just seen this comment and I don't even want to know why you've, why you've said this, but it's, it's there. Yeah, because I was literally in the office and I was like, if somebody just saw my laptop right now, there'd be a lot of questions. I have a quick, before we start the world building segment, I want to add in a quick new little segment. Right. Which is called, uh, if you like this book, what would you recommend? Which is slightly difficult because there's lots of books that I kind of mentally connect with this book. I don't know how to describe it, but it gives me kind of a Court of Mist and Fury vibes. Oh, definitely. Pretty much plot, minus like the fantasy element, like they're in different worlds, but the plot is almost identical. And then there's also, I'd say there's elements of like shadows between us that I yeah. kind of see. And then I actually saw somebody comment that they thought there was elements of serpent and dove, which we've not done yet, but I want to do, which I think serpent and dove is about a witch and a witch hunter. Yeah, and they're like forced together. Yeah. That's on my list because we like witches. Um, so if you're interested in this book, those are some recommendations about things with like a similar kind of vibe. Uh, now I will let Maddie take it away with the basic world building of Macedonia. When we say basic, <laughs> there's a lot to break down because it, gra mm. it gradually introduces this throughout the entire book. But I thought it was going to be too complicated to try and explain the plot and the world at the same time. Plus, I don't have the patience to, it's already too much to go through and like analyse the plot. It's too much to go through and do the world at the same time. Okay, so I could get this wrong because I spent forever trying to find the name of the place they were in. Is it Macedonia? Mm. Yeah, I believe it happened. And then Carcedonia is the capital, right? I think. Mm -hmm. I just called it the kingdom. <laughs> um... Okay, so there's effectively two groups of people. There's Poppy's people, which there's never actually really a name for them. It's and like the Ascended and the Mortals. 
no i was gonna say there's the atlanteans which are mm-hmm. our bad guys and then there's poppy's people mm-hmm. now in um in the second book i don't know if you've got to it yet it's not really a spoiler but they call them the blood royals so i'm just yeah. gonna refer to them as that okay so we've got the blood royals and we've got that the atlanteans which are the bad guys um they were, and this is all we know, forsaken by the gods. And um, they are ruled by the Dark One. Or is it Castiel or Castile? I called him Prince Castile. Okay, that's Castile. what I was doing as well. Um, so it's kind of like a Lord Voldemort situation. They never say his actual name. Everyone just says the Dark yeah. One. Uh, right. And because we know from the onset that this guy's going to be the villain, uh, I automatically had this feeling in my head, like, evil naughty Mr. Badman. What a bad guy. <laughs> if he's young and attractive, I will fall in love with him. <laughs> no. Okay. And then we've got, like, Poppy's people slash the Blood Royals. And within them, gr- within that group of people, there's three different groups. We've got the Ascended Mortals and Dissenters. So dissenters are sympathetic to the Dark One and the Atlanteans. They kind of, um, they follow them, but they have no, like, no relationship to them whatsoever. Mm-hmm. Then there's mortals, which are just normal mortals, and then the Ascended. Um, so we don't find out like about much about the Ascended until the end. Um, we know like the Ascended are, like there's a ritual where you become an ascended but we don't know what happens during this ritual but we know it's um poppy's entire kind of reason for living and being and being the life she's in is so that she can basically we understand be sacrificed or kind of like be an offering to the gods so that people can become ascended yeah and we'll learn more about it later so basically every time someone has kids so the first son or daughter what i gathered was that they're mortal but you thought they ascended too I I thought the first son or daughter, the first and second, I thought they both ascended. I think it's just the the second, because her brother was given special consideration. He wasn't going to ascend. But like, my question is, why the second child? I don't. I mean, as as the second child of my family, I'm super okay with that. I'll be action with context hmm. but like why not the first child was the first child just not good enough and they're like eh, it's like a that's a trial run the second <laughs> child what it is so the first son or daughter is mortal the second son of the do- son or daughter they ascend at then on their 19th birthday i think it is um so the ascended have black eyes they move super quickly they're strong they don't go out in the sunlight and they live for a very long time those are like the key things that we know about them. They're, they're, they're like dropped in throughout that's- the story um, that's suspicious. That's literally what I've got in, in brackets. Um, I'm being attacked by the dog. Okay. Um, I put my immediate thought went to vampires and I remember messaging you this. And Bev was like, no, but we'll get to that. We'll get to that in a minute. Okay. I'd like to just clarify, Maddie is smarter. She's really smart and it pisses me off. <laughs> um, I would also like to momentarily, this will probably make no sense to anyone, but I found it funny when I was making my notes. From Blood and Ash, my summary, it's basically like Twilight, but fantasy. You know, vampires, a weird version of werewolves, you know. I mean, you know. Yeah, all we need is one, you know, baseball scene on a humid, cloudy day and boom. (laughs) Okay. Um, And then we've got the third and fourth son or daughter. 
they don't mention if somebody has more than four kids. So I assume they'd all go in with the kind of third and fourth. Yeah. So they are given to the gods, whatever that means. Um, they are taken. I think it's at the right, so they're not. And that right happens annually, so they're all under a year old, and they get taken to temples to live with the priests and priestesses, but they're never seen of, like never seen again. Yeah, and parents can't contact those kids. They basically have those kids, knowing that they're never going to see them and get to know them grow up. Yep. Uh, no, uh, nobody knows what happens. None of the priests or priestesses talk about it. There's a whole thing. Yeah. Um, so then we've got Poppy. Poppy is our main protagonist main character main character so she is the maiden she was chosen by the gods at birth um there's only ever been one other maiden before we and we literally have no information on this other maiden we don't know what it means to be a maiden just that she is one um and that her ascension affects everybody else's ascension whatever that means because if I'm honest, I still don't know what that means. Well, basically, like, she has to... So the concept of Poppy being the maiden... So, number one, no one is allowed to see her face. She's meant to be this kind of, like, object of purity. She doesn't get to live. All she does is kind of stay in her room, have lessons with, with this one priestess. The only people who can see her face are... She has, like, a handmaid. Mm-hmm. She has, like, one or two personal guards. And the Duke and Duchess that she lives with... Those are the only people allowed to see her face. Other than that, she always has this massive veil on. Um, she doesn't get to live. Um, as we learn later on in the book, she gets punished a lot for any time she tries to live or any time she tries to stand up for herself. Mm-hmm. But when it comes to the Ascension, um, and it, I can't say too much because we find out more about the Ascension later, but at this point we know that like, Ju- like based on her purity and based on how well she's lived her life and how devout she's been will impact um whether or not everybody else can ascend apparently in their society it's, it's just <laughs> her form of controlling a woman you know the patriarchy uh-huh. but basically i think the whole thing is like if she's deemed pure enough then she will be kind of sacrificed to the gods and they decide what happens to her and then everyone else can ascend but my question is, why the fuck is what what have they done previously when there hasn't been a maiden? That's what that's what my question is. Anyway, so a bit of background on Poppy. She has a gift, so they don't call it magic or anything, they just call it gifts, right? So she is able to feel others' pain. She says that um emotional pain feels icy and cold, whereas um physical, physical pain, pain feels hot. Um, so Poppy's mum and dad are both dead. Um, her mum knew the Queen, um, and I've put in brackets, which for a while I was assuming was dead because I thought we were in the capital, but the Duke and Duchess were, but I thought the Duke and Duchess were taken over from the Queen, but we're not in the capital and the Queen's very much alive. So just for clarity. (laughs) Uh We Uh, also found out that, um, neither of Poppy's pair, oh, Poppy has an older brother, but uh also her mum and dad neither of them ascended because i think her dad was like a lower status and poppy's mum had said no she'd gone directly to the queen and said i'm in love with this man if he's not able to ascend i don't want to so mm-hmm. she made the choice to not ascend and also the thing with the ascenders they are harder to kill so when they were killed which is by a monster called a craven which we get into mm-hmm. um they they were dead real fast but poppy didn't die super weird super weird um 
so yeah we, her brother we find out had got special treatment he was the first born but the queen gave him permission to ascend and i've put which looking at it now is kind of suspicious like i thought only one member of the family could ascend and if poppy is ascending anyway why was he allowed to america explain um so poppy lives in a city it's called solace no the country's called solace country's called solace the city's called yeah. macedonia um, it is surrounded by something called the rise which is basically like a, a massive wall and i pictured it giant like huge yeah. um, i it, imagine it wall. yeah um so it has fires all the way along the edge and it protects the city from an ominous mist which reminds us both of catching fire and a creature <laughs> called craven um which kind of just is in the mist again mm. i still don't really understand that but i think we might get into it yeah i think so the mist i think it's just super ominous pathetic mm. fallacy it's a warning um <laughs> one of the they the cravens always attack in packs so there's one at the back who just carries a fog machine you know <laughs> um but also i feel like now is a good time to explain the concept of a craven because they are they are people and we get into it again at the end. Did I explain that? No. My explanation at the end is going to just be a wild ride. But the craven are basically, um, it's like a werewolf kind of thing, but you're still part human. Uh, and you just kind of decay and you go into this mad bloodlust. And if you get scratched or bitten by a craven, you eventually turn into one. The way in they described it was grim. Yeah. Um, but in their city, if you have been scratched or bitten by a craven, you are immediately just killed, put down. However, some people have a habit of going home to say goodbye to loved ones and then killing themselves, which comes into the plot later on. Yep. Um, so every city is surrounded by one of these rises. Um, oh, it's every city slash, slash village. And it, it's all like varying degrees depending on how big the city or village is. Um, yeah. and they some of them are just left to defend themselves. Literally, yeah. Um, and majority of the people now live inside of the bigger cities because they just weren't protected in the villages. Um, so years ago, there was a, a massive war called the War of Two Kings. Um, the current king and queen won and have been leading ever since. Um, Poppy doesn't live with them in the capital, though. She lives in a different city um, with under the control of the Duke and Duchess. Um, her brother is in the capital. Um, so she has her handmaiden slash friend called Tawny. Um, she's friends with um, Poppy, don't get me wrong, but she's also kind of just been ordered to be there. Yeah. Um, and then she's so got... Always... No, I no. Say it's always that kind of fine line of like, she knows that Tawny is her friend, but at the same time, would they have been friends if Tawny hadn't been told to be her handmaiden? Also, uh, in regards to being the maiden, she's told by the Duke, you're not allowed to have friends. You're not allowed to make these connections. It suggests impurity. You're not allowed to be close to people. Mm -hmm. If you're getting close to people, we'll switch your handmaid, we'll switch your guards. So it's really, really controlling everything. So her friendship is quite secretive with the people that she is friends with. Yeah. Um, so we've got Tawny, and then there's two guards that they talk of, Victor and Rylan. Victor is kind of like a second dad to her. Um, and there is talk of a third guard. We, they do say his name, but I can't remember it. Um, but yeah. we know he died. They say from like a heart ailment, despite yeah. him being perfectly healthy, which is suspicious. Mm -hmm. <laughs> that's suspicious. Um, so Victor is her head guard and Rylan is like a bodyguard that's with her at all times. Mm -hmm. And he's the replacement for the last guard who died of a heart ailment. Yep. So chapter one, we start at the Red Pearl. It is effectively... 
I would say quick thing again uh, we start off talking about chapters and eventually <laughs> send into chaos yeah. there is a middle part where Maddie's notes finish and I just was like I don't know what happened there because Maddie's got my copy of the book I'm just gonna skip to the main event I mean that's what I was gonna do anyway because I definitely didn't have time to finish off my oh. detailed notes um so we're at the Red Pearl it is effectively like similar to the gentleman's club that we saw in shadows between us um it's a bar slash there's um sex workers there um so poppy is there she's masked because she's not allowed to show her face um she's stolen a maid's cloak that is bright blue and she talks about how it's unusual for her to be wearing color because as the maiden she has to wear white max if you start snoring you've got to get out okay um so she sat at a table she's oh i said apparently it's normal for people just to be wearing masks <laughs> like, I feel like the red pearl is one of those like really seedy kind of places so that like people would wear a mask even though it doesn't massively like hide your identity it kind of suggests you're trying to hide your identity yeah, okay. so I assume other people will be doing it also there is like a whole considering they're in a like in basically a sex club almost mm -hmm. um there is like a whole kind of fetishization around the concept of masks so there's probably people there that are looking at her like oh hello <laughs> Um, so she sat at a table with a whole bunch of um, like rise guards and she's playing cards. She's definitely losing. This is the first time we see her talk about her gift because she says that she would reach out. I think she does reach out to see. But she doesn't. She's really careful because sometimes people can sense mm -hmm. that reaching out and she can't be caught reaching out emotionally and finding out what people are feeling. Mm hmm. Um, so because she's losing, she gets up, she walks away and she goes to walk into a room that's covered with red curtains. Wait, before we do that, so she sat playing cards with a couple of people. One of them is a soldier, but she hears three other soldiers oh, who yeah. are sat at a table nearby. And they're talking about how one of their guards has been killed. I think his name was Finley. Um, and they're kind of starting to talk about the murder, but one of the captains is like, hey, no, don't do that. We're in, this, we're in the presence of a lady. Mm -hmm. And she's there like, oh shit, they can see me. Oh wait, but no one knows what I look like. Uh, but it's that thing she can name and she knows all of those guards. Yeah. And she's like, I need to be really, really careful. Um, so she gets up to leave, but then she sees her head guard, Victor, come in and she's like, shit, he knows my face. He will report me. I need to hide. So she turns to this place with red curtains and she's about to go through. And a woman is like, oh, hey, I don't think you want to go in there. And she kind of can immediately tell that like, Poppy doesn't know what she's doing, not sure where she should be, why she should be there. And this woman, I think, is wanting to cause some trouble and mm -hmm. is like, well, I think you should go upstairs and hide. Go, I think it's like this upstairs, sixth door on your left. Yeah. You can hide in there for a while until things calm down. So she's like, wow, this random woman totally helping me out. What a girl. So <laughs> she goes. wasn't more suspicious. Like, <laughs> clearly there's something going on there. Literally. And then she she goes up and she walks into the room and I think she's in there by herself and then somebody comes in and is like well this is unexpected and she's like oh god <laughs> I've put next to it spoiler if you haven't read the end of the book but I, put, I can almost guarantee you planned this my guy <laughs> oh my the irony is ironic iconic I mean <laughs> um, um, so, so the most guy turns out to be someone called Hawk Flynn I would say before we continue I think we just need to immediately state we are absolute simps for Hawk Flynn I mean, from the moment 
Yeah. If my tweets on the Twitter weren't obvious enough, I just turned into a fan account for like. Literally. I, I would just like to say, like, since he opened his mouth and spoke, I didn't even have a description of him. No thoughts. Nothing. No just Hawk Flynn. Yeah. Um, so um, he is I, relatively yeah. new to Castle Tierman, which is what the castle's called. Um, but everybody knows who he is because he is incredibly attractive. And Poppy even admits to watching him train. Like, she just goes, stands out there, watches him train, because why not? I would do the same. I mean, yeah, probably. I wouldn't even try and hide like she did. I would just straight up sit next to him and watch him train. <laughs> um, so British. at first, um, Hawk thinks that she is Britta, the maid who she <laughs> borrowed the cloak off of. <laughs> Sorry, I your comments. <laughs> what? <laughs> what, the spicy one? He kisses her thinking that it's Britta and uh, then I put the scene gets a tad spicy, like fluff spice, a very mild korma, which is what I'm <laughs> <laughs> mm. well, yeah. I, I liked this bit because it's the fact that he like picks her up and she's just there like, I don't know what's happening, but I'm enjoying this moment. And I don't know how, because he picks her up and lies her down and she's still got this hood covering her face. Uh-huh. And he's still thought of looking and he's like, oh, I can't let <laughs> Then, we know um, why. We know why. Oh, we know why. Yeah. Um, he's kind of refusing to say her name because he eventually realizes, because uh, they're kissing, and he's like, "I know that you're not the girl I think you are because mm-hmm. she kisses me differently. Who are you?" And she refuses to say her name. And he's like, "That's uh, that's okay, princess." Mm-hmm. Again, I simp for this man, and that nickname stay. I I simp. Really quickly, jumping forward to the end of the book, knowing what we know. Um, clearly this was intentional like I love it but clearly this was intentional because at one point I was like he's calling her princess because he actually no she's actually going to be his princess and I was just like mind blown no I think it is just a nickname at this point no I don't think it is so basically context of the ending he just turns around at the end is like oh we're gonna get married but he doesn't know that and they're not allowed the whole thing about them getting married at the end is because he's in love with her and he's like, oh, but we're both, you know, we're both the same in a certain yeah, way. I think it started like, off as a nickname, but I think very quickly he realised, maybe not. So he says, uh, says, they have a conversation, but there's a quote that says, not all guards are good men, princess. And I was like, thank you for the foreshadowing, my guy. Um, at least you let us know. <laughs> um so it's established that Hawk is in constant pain, not the physical kind, um, but the emotional kind. Um, they have a really cheerful conversation about death, which is, you know, just what you want to talk about whilst you're making out with someone. Um, and there's a quote from Poppy that says, I wasn't here to talk. I came here to live, to experience, to choose, to be anyone other than who I was. None of those things included talking. I like that quote. So I don't know why this chapter jumps around like this. Rereading it, it was weird. So... It is one of those that there's a lot of, like, she thinks a lot. Even Uh in moments where, like, you shouldn't be thinking. Like in the middle of making out with Hawk. Or, like, doing doing the woohoo. She's, like, (laughs) thinking. Not gonna lie. I I would not be thinking. Zero thoughts. No. Um, So, this chapter four starts with her talking about how only one person has ever been found unworthy during their ascension. And their names and records got wiped from history. Um, if anyone is found unworthy, they're forced to exile. And I think she's thinking about that because she's like, if anyone found out what I'm doing right now, I would 100% be found unworthy. Um, 
Mm. So they make out a bit more. And then Hawk discovers the dagger strapped to her thigh. He grabs it and inspects it, saying how expensive a a weapon it is. Oh my God, I cannot talk today. Um, Poppy says that, oh, he says, I don't think a lady should be wandering around with such an expensive weapon if they don't know how to use it. And Poppy was like, no, I know how to use it, my friend. Like, don't you worry. I know how I know to what I'm like I. <laughs> um, and she explains that it was a gift from Victor. She doesn't say it's from Victor. I think she thinks it, but it is from Victor. Um, we get the iconic you intrigue me line, which is quickly turning into Sarah J. Mus's mate very quickly. See, I don't think so, because mate is every other sentence. His just reasoning is always you intrigue me. Yeah, which I liked it at first, but now it's all the time yeah i'm all right with it i'd like (laughs) i'd like for someone to turn to me and say you intrigue me i mean same um so they're interrupted by someone called kieran who insists that hawk could go with him because um and quote the envoy has arrived max okay um he makes a promise that she would be there when he returned she promises but then she walks out yeah because um, she's like, I, she's like, I don't know what's gonna happen if he comes back. As much as I want to stay, I can't. Mm-hmm. Um, so she goes back to the castle. She goes to her room, and her handmaids. I think this is the next day. The hand, Tawny's there. Um, they mm-hmm. have a conversation, and Tawny's like, "Where did you go last night? Because I know you weren't in your room." She was like, "Did you have your nightmares?" Because it's established that Poppy has really bad nightmares because of the attack on her family when she was younger. And Poppy says, yes, I couldn't sleep. So I went out exploring in, um, in I'm going to say the city centre because I don't know how else to explain it. Um, she discusses where she went, but she doesn't mention anything to do with Hulk. Um, and then they briefly talk about how they, about the time then they snuck out of the castle and went to a lake and went skinny dipping, which is kind of like, so they are friends, but this whole time Poppy thinking, but she's not really my friend. She's just forced to be here. But I think it, it's that kind of like partially her thinking that, but also she is like, Tawny's the person that she can be herself around and like they can give each other those bad ideas, the thing that a maiden definitely shouldn't be doing. And Tawny makes her know that like within reason, there's enough that they can do and get away with, which I think is quite nice. Yeah. Um, so they briefly discuss Poppy's concern for Ascension because she's actually terrified of Ascending because... Mm-hmm. there's no other information on a maiden ascending so she's like she thinks she's gonna die basically mm-hmm. um, they talk about well tawny talks about how excited she is for an ascension and poppy realizes how selfish she's being by putting her negative thoughts about it onto tawny um they basically have like a mini argument where tawny's like no mm-hmm. like you're happy for me you're just scared for yourself and that's completely understandable um mm-hmm. like, you are you're fine um Mm. and then this ends with victor knocking on the door saying that they have been summoned poppy and victor head into the city and they meet a woman called agnes she uh poppy takes her name i can't remember i think it's agnes um poppy takes him up agnes's pain away and we find out really quickly that her husband had been outside the rise and had been scratched by a craven and he's therefore cursed which turns you into a craven um and he comes back with the intention of saying goodbye uh he had tried and slight trigger warning he had tried to kill himself before the curse took over but he wasn't able to do it um and like poppy and victor are part of like this kind of network 
of like people that help people in that situation uh it's considered treason because normally what happens is people are publicly like burnt because that's one of the main ways to kill uh the craven apparently um but poppy wants them to die with dignity which honestly fair dues you know if i was in that situation i would want to die with dignity rather than having my family watch as i was strapped to you know be burnt at the stake mm-hmm. honestly the patriarchy I don't know. um I got distracted. <laughs> Poppy notices a child's toy and is like, Victor, I need you to stay with Agnes and figure out if there's a child in this house and see if they've been injured. Um, Poppy then goes to see the husband. She takes his way. She takes his way? She takes his pain and kills him. Uh, like, she just straight up stabs him in the head. Yeah. You know, as, as is what happens. Mm-hmm. Uh, only fire and bloodstone, which is what her knife is made of, can kill the cursed, and it's either through the brain or through the heart. Mm-hmm. Um, but beforehand the man explains that on his trip uh somebody else got cursed uh but they went back to the barracks with the other guards to say goodbye to his father and she's after she's killed him she's like if that man has gone back to say goodbye to his family but also has gone to the barracks Mm -hmm. if he's gone into like a bloodlust how many of our guards are gonna gonna be the same way Mm -hmm. oh shit oh no i really thought there was gonna be um i really thought he was gonna have turned and like gone on a like a bloodlust killing and I thought I thought it'd been really interesting for us to be able to see how like well trained Poppy is I get why we don't because it kind of makes us fear for our for Poppy's life later on but Mm. I thought it would have been nice if we had like this little battle here yeah I agree um Um. they rush over to this other guy's father's house um, they find out that his father had killed him before the curse had a chance to take over. Um, uh, they then walk back to the castle. Victor is incredibly pissed because I don't know if we mentioned it. Um, Poppy took some of Agnes's emotional pain away, basically saying who she was. She was basically admitting who she was in front of her. Um, he confronts her and he asks her if she actually wants to be found unworthy by the gods because at this rate she's just doing everything in her power to be found unworthy. Um, he says that he thinks she's scared of ascending, which is accurate, but Poppy is not, even in her mind, she's not admitting to it at all. Um, hmm. I said, looking back, he's very adamant about this. Did he know something? But I highly doubt he knew anything. Anyway. Um, mm. So Poppy, so Ryland, no, it is Poppy. Poppy goes to leave and her guard Ryland is like, yo, I think you're forgetting something. And she realises that she hasn't got her veil on. So she goes back, puts that on. And her and Ryland are like walking to the garden because every evening she goes for like a little stroll in the garden. And her and Ryland watch these, um, like go to see these flowers that only bloom at night. Um, On the way, she bumps into Lord Mazine. I cannot fucking stand. This dude is creepy. Eventually in my notes, I just say he doesn't deserve to be named. He's just a dickhead. Honestly, he is. Um, We get the line from Poppy, it had been 16 days since he last cornered me, so not long enough. That is messed up. That is not okay, my friend. But also, you know, the life of a woman Mm. in the patriarchy. Um, So he's really touchy-feely. Um even though that she she is the maiden and he is fully aware he is not meant to be touching her like at all shouldn't even be talking to her um so he corners her takes her into like this little 
section of the room that's like curtained off. It's like a little alcove. Apparently they have lots of these little alcoves yeah. and I'm like, why? What are, <laughs> what are, like, are you just giving people places to sneak off and hook up? Is this the court? Is this who we are? Is this the court you're running? Uh -huh. well, apparently you're, so. You're making it so easy for this man to literally harass the maiden. Uh -huh. This man is literal trash and should be set on fire. If there's anyone in this society I want to see strapped to a public post and set on fire, <laughs> it is him. Also the Duke. Um, so <laughs> I feel like it's just he shouldn't even be talking to her, but he's here being fucking Nancy. <laughs> well, he is. He is hundreds of years old, and she is eighteen. She very clearly does not want to be touched. So this is the moment where I was like, vampires. These are definitely vampires because um, he says something like, "Oh, uh, I've missed you," and she like takes a step away and says something that he finds like not appropriate. Um, and he like sonics towards her and grabs her by the waist <laughs> and refuses. <laughs> he sonics towards her, yeah, grabs her by the waist and stops her from going anywhere. And I was like, nobody should be moving that quickly. That is a vampire. You are telling me that he only comes out at night and he's got super speed? Vampire. And I messaged Beth and she was like, absolutely not. Not a vampire. Carry on reading. You're too smart for your own good and you guess <laughs> these things. Um, I mean, technically they're not vampires. So it's a different spelling. I mean, yes. Um, so we, this is the first time we get the mention of the Duke's lessons, um, which is interesting. Which, from the get-go, we know that something bad is happening in those lessons because she, even that moment, is like, oh, no. Yeah. And like she has that clear terror at mm -hmm. the mention of them. And at this point, I think she's starting to panic because he's very clearly not letting her go. Like, she knows something's wrong, like... I think he normally corners her and then just kind of lets her go. But this time he's very like adamant that she's staying with him. And we get the quote, quote consequences be damned. I, I am not his toy. Like, yes. I love that. that. Um, he basically makes her beg him to let her go, which is messed up. Um, and it sounds like really twisted, but there's a scream and Poppy's like relieved to hear a scream because it means that she can use that as a chance to escape him. Um, Can I read quickly, just pause? Yep. Um, I want to momentarily refer to a, a quote from a different book series that we haven't read, but there's a character in Six of Crows and she has this quote, which is just like, you know, I love it when I hear men beg. Mm -hmm. Honestly, when I see some of these characters, I want to see this Lord. I want to see that man beg. I want to see him beg for mercy. I hate him so much. If you can't tell, I hate him with a burning passion. Um. So we find out that that scream was from a lady in wait who had been killed in the other room. Um, she was found with two wounds in her neck and there was no blood on the ground or in her body. Hmm, suspicious. Let me think what that sounds like. Vampires. <laughs> but then immediately they think it could be an Atlantean because they, they said that a craven has four teeth, yep. like four big teeth. Um, but... Rylan and Poppy both have theories and they think it's an Atlantean yep. which we don't really know much about them um we also know that Cravens would have made a bigger mess but Poppy's like adamant that like she wants to figure it out and she's looking for I think later on she looks in a book to find out about Atlanteans and she finds mm -hmm. out that they have two teeth yes I mean they have a full mouth of teeth but just two really really sharp <laughs> nope just two only two <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't think I might mentioned it in the notes, but 
after she's looked in the book, she goes back to the room where the body was found and she finds, because she notices, okay, with the Duke, he smelt like, I want to say tulips. I don't that know. Is, no, it was I, Jasmine. Jasmine, that's the one. And um, she finds a petal from that smelled like jasmines and she said it made her feel sick which normally she loves the smell of jasmine and that was weird um so the duke announces that it was a work of a dissenter and not an atlantean um and i put but what would but what would be the point of making the dark one look bad if they're following him why are they going to mimic him killing someone in the court like that's that doesn't make any sense um so there's talk about how there's very briefly talk about how Atlanteans created the craven um something about their bites turning people it doesn't matter if they drain, drain them of blood or not as the second someone's been bitten or scratched they turn into a craven mm. um, poppy's it's like a heavy day for poppy she's going through <laughs> it um so Poppy's kind of like freaking out. She doesn't really want to go anywhere just in case. Also, she's not really allowed to. But Rylan mm. comes into a room and she, he's like, like, come on, we can go for a walk in the garden. It's absolutely fine. Okay, right. So Rylan comes into Poppy's room and he's like, you, we can go to the garden. It's fine. Like, don't worry about it. I'm watching you. Um, the whole time Poppy notices how alert Rylan is compared to normal. Like he's very aware of his surrounding he's constantly looking around everywhere which she doesn't normally do um and the whole point is just to go and see these flowers that's the whole point Ryan just wanted to go and see some flowers and then he gets an arrow only, yeah and they these flowers only bloom at night mm. and it's been like they were like one peaceful thing and i feel like it's always in those beautiful moments of everything's beautiful and calm and then like boom bad thing um so there's an attack Rylan gets shot with some arrows um the last thing he tells poppy is to run but you know poppy does not does she (laughs) she does not no um like she's really intelligent but she's also like a little bit too much of like risky dumb bitch energy which i love not as much as Feyre is a whole other level uh like Poppy can defend herself as you find out later but it's like he told you to run and you just stay that's that's... like are you okay no clearly not um so the guy comes up to her he's blonde um she calls him a dissenter so he appears he goes up to Poppy and he's like you're gonna come with me um and you're not going to make any fuss and nobody gets hurt. And she's looking at Rylan like, um... <laughs> That's a bit late, my guy. Someone's killed. <laughs> yeah. Um, so she goes to walk with him, but she grabs the dagger that's strapped to her thigh. And she tries to aim for the heart, but definitely misses every single time. And just kind of stabs him a few times. Um, he gets a couple of good punches in. And then he turns around to her and he's like, I am going to bathe in your blood and feast on your entrails. I don't care what he wants with you. Mm, mm. Oh, I wonder who that could be. Bad man. <laughs> um, uh, and then ultimately he just gets summoned away. There's like a growl and he just runs I away. Thought it was, I thought it was like a whistle because in my head, I thought it was a whistle because in my head I was like, what kind of whistle? My head went straight to... <laughs> And I was like, nope, wrong book. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, Why is it that on this podcast I connect everything back to the Hunger Games? Honestly, I have a problem. Um, Yep, so Poppy then is like freaking out. She's looking at Rylan. She's like, uh, he's never going to feel anything again because she tries to like use her powers. It doesn't happen. Yeah. Um, and then immediately walking back to the to the castle, and like a couple of the guards are like, "Hey, we heard some noise. Oh, you're in white and you're covered in blood. <laughs> oh God!" And she's just there, like, "I'm fine." Well, she has Every- this moment, doesn't she, where she's freaking out, and then all of a sudden she just like, "Don't have time to freak out because if they know that I've defended myself with a dagger, I'm going to be in trouble." So she has to like use Rylan's body to wipe the dagger, and she the whole time she's like, "I feel so bad." puts the dagger mm. away and then walks back and she just says that she got lucky I don't know how she managed to I don't know how did she explain that to them like you just don't she walk away have... from something like that she must have just been like oh it's not my blood it's all Ryland's, <laughs> it's all okay. Ryland's. yeah um so she then gets patched up with the Duke this is the first time we see the Duke and Duchess properly in their like office part with a healer and that's it chapter eight <laughs> um they make it clear that the man in the garden was definitely not the dark one uh, because poppy says that he was being controlled by someone so the person controlling must have been the dark one um because they've come to that conclusion because it definitely was not a dissenter that killed that woman it was definitely an At- atlantean it wasn't a dissenter like the duke saying um Poppy goes into the bathroom and this is the first time we hear about her scars. She's got scars on her face, her legs and her back from the attack on her family when she was younger. Um, She says that there are two different kinds of scars. We get this very, like, a lot later on. But I think I've realised what I've said there, but I'll talk about it when we get to it. Well, because there are scars from, like, an ongoing situation and then there are scars from this attack when she was a kid. Yes. Um... So Poppy insists on going to Ryland's funeral. Um, At first, Victor is like, you're definitely not coming. And then he kind of gives in because he realises how important it is to her. Um, She wasn't allowed to go to her last guard's funeral. He was completely banned. So this time she's like, no, Ryland meant a lot to me. Even though he wasn't meant to, I'm showing my respect. Mm -hmm. Um, So whilst they go to the funeral, everyone's dressed in white because their colour of mourning is white. Um, So she doesn't look out of place. Um, she blends in for once. She blends in. Um, so whilst there, Victor is asked to light the fire to burn Ryland's body because he was closest to um, to him. Um, and Poppy has this moment where she realises that maybe Victor didn't want her to go to the funeral because um, it would be unproper of her and not maiden-like to do so. And maybe he didn't want her to go because she took away his opportunity to grieve properly because the whole time he would be focused on her and not on the funeral. Um, so he wouldn't want to leave this side and do his duty because it is considered like his duty to light this fire. Um, I said Poppy has these nice little moments like this where she just feels really human. Um, I've put, I'm reading a song of Rafe and Ruin as well at the moment and I'm just realising that I don't really get any of these moments with them and I think that's why I'm not connecting to the characters as much. Um, there's little moments where she's just like, she has this realisation where she's like, oh shit, like I'm actually a really shitty person. Like what is wrong with me? Um, when in reality she's not really done anything wrong like she just wanted to go and pay her respects but she's like overthinking everything Mm. Um, I said looking at it from an outsider's perspective you realize how wrong she is about herself but 
I absolutely would probably think the same thing in her position. Um, and then, um, it, it, why in my head am I thinking of the world, ladies and gents, this is the moment you've waited for. Mm-hmm. Because because Victor's there, like, literally, like, I need to go light this man on fire, but also I can't leave you. And Hawk just steps up and is like, don't worry, I've got her. And, like, they have this kind of staring contest for, like, a second. Uh-huh. And then, um, then, he's, then Victor's like, okay, I trust you. And there's a point where... Um, he kind of leans in and whispers like, it's, I think it's really important that you're here because a lot of people wouldn't have. Because yeah. obviously everyone else there is like soldiers and guards and she's like one of the only people that wasn't a soldier or a guard that's come to the funeral to pay their respects. Mm-hmm. Uh, he also notices her face because she's got some bruising. Um, like, because her vow only comes to like her nose, so her jaw is still visible. And he says... I thought, I thought, I thought she... No, the veil, the full thing, she can't see anything at all. No, it comes here. Because he says um, the two halves are as beautiful as the whole. I I saw fan art that says otherwise. Well, it definitely. I'm telling you right now, it says that it only comes to here. I'm. I've seen really different fan art. Well, there's not enough. Is the bruising on her face? So it definitely can't cover her whole face. And he says, um, "You are her." I've seen. So that's her lifting up. So it looks like it covers the whole face. But then there's that. Yeah, that's America. like that. America explains. Definitely the second one. Um, so it comes to like just above her mouth. It like covers her nose and her eyes. Um, but then how does he not recognise her? Because her mask, the red pearl, was basically like the same thing, just not an actual veil. Well, I mean... So he could see her jaw. How does he not <laughs> see it now? I'm finding all sorts of ways out. That is the whole point. Um, so we get the line... You are her. You can be assured that will never happen again. And he is just so protective of her. He doesn't even, I mean, he does know who she is. But at this point, he's not supposed to know who she is. What is your first note for chapter nine? So it's the court thing. I didn't know how to describe it. They're all in the room. And this is the the Tullis family, Tullys. And there's just like an audience and the, they're all on the platform and the Duke and the Duchess and the Maiden ah, yeah. are all in front of them. I didn't know what to call it. The so, days? The, <laughs> the, the D-A-I-S, I think it's the days? Days? I don't know. Um, anyway. Um, oh, we get the line. The gods did not walk in the sun, so neither did the ascended. Hmm. Mm, I wonder what else doesn't walk in the sun, Bethany Bears. <laughs> I wonder what else. I can tell you. The gods, they don't walk in the sun. It says it in the quote. I don't know what you're talking about. Not um, me, wrong bitch. Uh, so it's kind of like a place where people can request an audience of the Duke and Duchess. And we get the Tullis family. I'm going to say mm-hmm. that's how you say it. I uh, said Tullis. Okay. So their first and second son have both died from a mystery heart disease. Hmm, that's suspicious. Um, they have requested that their third son not be given to the gods and taken to the temples because they don't have anybody left like both their like first and second son have died um, and they've been told not to have any more kids so they can't and they're just going to have to hand over this baby to random people and never see them again Um, Mm. the duke and duchess specifically the duchess I might add is like no like you are dishonoring the gods by even suggesting this like this is awful how dare you you're going to affect everybody's life you're lucky that we haven't been like um 
ruin you're alive you're alive because we allow you to yeah um and in, in this moment we learn that poppy's gift kind of has a mind of its own when she's in crowds um it happens without her control and it just like she can just feel people's emotions well people's pain um she notices a blonde man and feels something she has never felt before um it was hot like physical pain but had a bitter taste to it that's all we really get from that um poppy this is a couple of days after i think poppy is summoned to the duke and duchess to be given a guard to replace rylan no it's the man the myth the legend it's Hulk. my husband <laughs> i have immediately claimed this man as my husband mm-hmm. i love him um so poppy is immediately like oh shit like I'm just not going to be able to talk around him because if I talk, he's going to recognise me and then he could potentially go to the Duke because, I don't know, maybe he just is out to get me. Um, I've put flawless logic, obviously, because it's, it's just a vow and he's already seen the bottom part of your face. This is literally what we were just talking about. Make um, it make sense. Make Jennifer Armand we need answers. Literally. Um... Okay, so the Duke turns around and is like, lol, if Hulk is having to save your life and something happens where the vow lifts up and it sees your face, he's not he's gonna be too distracted. So you're gonna have to show your face like right now. You're gonna have to show me your face right now. And she's like, solid, great, let's just get this over with because I'm just this is where I I just wanna crawl into a hole and die. I'm not here for it. At the same time, there's a real moment of empowerment because like so there's only a certain amount of people that she's allowed to show her face to. And it's an act of defiance when she takes it off and she smiles yeah. at, at the Duke. And then she looks at Hawk to show off her face for that first time. Because she's like, you know what, I take pride in it. And I think, isn't this the moment where the Duke's making fun of her face? Like, oh, it's such a shame. Half of it's beautiful and half of it's like ugly and disgusting. But Hawk is like, I think both parts are beautiful. Which is a brave thing to say in front of the Duke who can just, you know, have him killed on sight. Because he's basically there like, I, she's my plaything that I make fun of. Don't you dare compliment her. How dare you? I'm trying to rip down her com like confidence. Don't boost her. So I've got the quote, it says, she's truly unique, isn't she? One half of her is a masterpiece, the other is a nightmare. And I've just put, fuck you, dude. <laughs> um, um, and then, oh, they say that the argument for having Hunt as a guard is because, because of the attacks, um, the Queen could summon Poppy back to the capital at any moment. Mm -hmm. And Hawk's previous job... Um, makes him valuable because he was outside of the rise so he knows how to defend himself and others when he's out there so wasn't he, he also from that main city where the queen is yeah. from because he's an outsider and it was quite shocking when because before uh before they have the meeting poppy and victor are talking about who they think it could be and poppy goes do you think it could be hawk and he says he's really really skilled but it would be surprising because he's so young and he's only been working at the castle for you know a few weeks a few months so mm -hmm. i'd be surprised if it was him but obviously it's like that lol it is him because he is really talented at what he does yeah what did i just plug in that was not my I I also really love that when he vows to protect her, he doesn't say, like, I vow to protect you, maiden. He says, isn't it Penelope? Or Penelope, Penelope is her real name? Yeah. Which, interesting. Mm -hmm. But it's the fact that Poppy is her nickname, so everyone that's close to her calls her Poppy. Yeah. Um... Poppy and Tawny are talking about Hawk's intentions. Clearly, like, oh, he just wants to move up the ranks. And Poppy's like, Tawny, I didn't tell you the whole truth. <laughs> 
he and I may or may not have had a kiss. And then she's like, Tony's like, you didn't tell me this for why we are friends and you kept this from me. I hate you, but tell me more. So I had this, I wrote this interaction between Tony and Poppy down because it made me laugh. Um, Tony says, then why are you so upset? He's your guard. And Poppy says, why? Your hormones must be clouding your rational fault. And Tony says, my hormones are always clouding my rational fault. Thank you very much. <laughs> I was just like, same. Same. <laughs> but like, why is that us? Why is that us? Mm. At this point in the podcast, you've been telling the story and being like really like <laughs> academic about it. And I'm just here. And I have said several times, no thoughts, no think, just talk blame. <laughs> I mean, you saw my message about the second book the other, like last night. Like, I'm uh, not like it because, but. but I know what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. No thoughts but Hawk Flynn, uh-huh. but also kind of Kieran. Kind of, kind of. But again, we find out more later in the book. Uh huh. Um, Poppy then is like, I'm freaking out. Hawk is going to recognise me. Um, and I think he's going to go to the Duke of the information that he has on me because um, that's an easy way to climb up the ranks and get in his good books. The logic is not there, right? His job is to protect Poppy. If Poppy's not there, who's he going to protect? He needs her to have a job. Um, uh, Tony and Poppy go and have brunch. They do it like quite regularly. Um and it's very unexpected, but they're joined by two ladies in white who basically just swoon over Hulk. This is, it was quite funny. Again, mood, absolutely. <laughs> but like, um, because of the really strict rules around Poppy, she should have literally, the moment those two ladies joined, she should have gotten up and left. But again, in this kind of rebellious energy that I really like about her as a female yeah. character is the fact that she's like, no, I'm going to sit here. I'm not going to join in the conversation. I'll listen. I'll keep my head down, but I can feel like I'm a part of something. Mm-hmm. And eventually I think she actually does say something because they're yeah. talking. Don't, I don't remember what, the, the, what they're actually talking about, but she actually goes, oh yeah, you've mentioned it here. Yeah. Uh, what are they talking about how she wants like a rebellion or a war to happen because she's bored and wants entertainment. And like Poppy's like, do you not understand that means thousands of innocent people dying? Mm-hmm. Your entertainment is the death of people who you see as lower than you. And the women are both like, oh shit, the maidens chimed in. We've done something wrong. <laughs> um, we then, who is it? Is it Hawk? Yeah, Hawk. And he's like, um, Poppy, sorry fam. Uh, oh, also wait, the two ladies have been like fainting and falling over. Yeah. One of them literally pretends to faint. <laughs> and Hawk is there like, I know, but it boosts my ego so much. Mm-hmm. Um, but Poppy is told that she's been summoned to the Duke's private office for her lessons. Uh, Poppy and Tawny both react to this in a way that they're like, oh, fuck. And Hawk's like, why is she scared? What's going on here? Uh, yeah. But he's kind of like, he questions her on it, but he's like, oh, I'll wait outside. And I think, isn't it also like, he, like he's calling her Poppy and she's almost like making a note of how many times he says her yeah. name. Uh, and like, I thought that was a really meaningful thing because so many people just call her the maiden, but she's like, no, this man is actually calling me my name. And he's yeah. kind of immediately concerned. And she's like, no one's concerned about me like this. This is really nice. Mm-hmm. She goes in the office and she knows, she knows shit's about to go down. And she's yeah. like, just stay outside, ignore everything you hear. And he's then like- he has to as well, because he's not allowed yeah. to Even the Duke's guards are outside. Yeah. And they're like this, like you're her personal guard, but you can stay the fuck away. Mm-hmm. Um, she goes inside and the Duke and Lord Mazine, which I love your comment, is just I roll, fuck this guy. <laughs> I actually can't be fucked to deal with him. I wish Poppy stabbed him when he had the chance. <laughs> Honestly, Maddie, absolute mood. Yeah. Um, he, the Duke's like, Poppy, I'm really disappointed in your actions. But like, 
what with what actions the fact that lord was it mazine was coming on to her literally basically breaking the law and she said no oh wait sorry i understand this plot now uh, a woman saying no and standing up for herself illegal punishment mm-hmm. actually this is where we should give just a bit of a trigger warning for this scene this is where there is that kind of like physical and kind of emotional abuse because Poppy knows what's coming because yeah. these lessons are just a front for the Duke to be able to abuse her. Pretty much. Yeah. Awful. Um, so Poppy immediately is like, oh, I, I'm really sorry. Like, I'm so sorry I've disappointed you. And that makes him even angrier. He's like, you don't even know what you've done. So why are you pretending like you do? Like, no, you can wait. Hear me out. Um, she makes the mental note that she's glad he's not been drinking because the lessons are always worse when he's drinking. Um, he has a list of really stupid things to be disappointed about, like talking to the two ladies in wait, not spending enough time with her priestess the other day, and then the look she gave him, like the smile before revealing her face to Hawk. Um, he to- he makes her take the veil off because he doesn't like talking to the vow and she's allowed to show her face to him for some reason. But Lord Mazine shouldn't be able to see her face. But again, breaking the law. The Mm -hmm. double standards! So when she takes the mask, not the mask, the veil off, he says something along the lines of, one half is just like your mother. And um, she's like, hang on, I didn't know you knew my mum. Let's backtrack a second. Let's go over this because I didn't know that. they have a conversation about what her punishment should be. I um, mean, he initially says five. And I think at this point she's pissed off and she's like, oh, really? I think you should. I don't think that's enough. Are you sure that's going to punish me enough to make me uh, worthy of the gods? I don't think so. Maybe you should just hit me a few more times. Um, so and Lord Mazine gets involved and he's yeah. like, I don't think that's enough. Yeah. Um, so she ends up getting seven lashings with the cane and whilst he's doing this because he prefers to hit her like hit her bare skin so he he makes her take the top part of her dress off which as the maiden don't don't think that's allowed so you know just breaking another law um this scene was really really uncomfortable to read mm -hmm. because it's like forcing her to expose part of her body and it's the description of like how she has to kind of like lie across the desk and it's there was also there was something so it was almost like an abuse of like her her body in more than one way like it felt there was an element of sexualness to it because of the way that he was like oh you have to take off your your dress in front of me and this other man it was really predatory and the fact that she's like like holding on to the i just i was so uncomfortable she's also like kind of covering herself with her arm and while she's being hit just to like dig the knife in even more lord mazine just walks over and like rips her arm away from her body Mm. what that's like one ounce of dignity that she has left he, he had no reason to be in that room in the first place two did not need to take part in that action but he's clearly um not right up here um um i just like your comment at the end which is fuck you dude the literal representation of why men in cages 2020 is a thing yeah i stand by he, that those two men are the reason yeah um so she walks out of the office and like she's in pain it's very obvious that she's in pain and um, she makes the mental note that she's happy Hawk wasn't there because she didn't want to have to explain it to him. She's almost kind of, em- not embarrassed, but kind of, like she doesn't want to have to say that to him. Mm-hmm. Um, Victor was there instead. Hawk had gone to find him when he felt something was wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Victor knows about these lessons. He, he knows. He's but never I feel done anything like, to prevent it. I think as well, like she tells him, but not every single detail. I think I think there are elements of that because it is an assault. Mm-hmm. There are elements of it that she's just like, I can't tell him. I have to keep this part to myself because this part is so personal. So like. I feel like she'll talk about the lashings, but she won't talk about, for example, having to cover herself and then Mazine pulling her arm. That's, I think, an element that was too personal for her to be able to mention. So, like, Victor knows about it. He's never done anything to stop it, but also he can't really do anything to stop it. The Duke is paying him to work. He he can't really say anything. Plus, it's the Duke. Like, who's he going to complain to? Um... So there's a quite a long period of her just like laying in bed because she can't really do anything else because of the like the well. They, they put a medication on her back, which helps it kind of fade really quickly. But it's yeah. there's still pain there. Yeah. Um. So she sat. I think this is a couple of days after she sat in her yeah. room, looking out of the window, and she's looking at the flames at- along the top of the rise, and she's noticing that they're acting really weird. And at first, she just thinks it's wind, and then she's like, "That's a lot of smoke." it doesn't normally look like that and then she's like and then some of the flames go out on the rise and she's like what the fuck Mm -hmm. and then she's like oh shit no that's not smoke that's mist and the mist is not empty there is definitely craven in there she like literally runs up she grabs all of her weapons that she could possibly get and I think she goes to run out like that and um tawny tries to like runs in she's like poppy please don't go out there like please don't go out there begging her not to go and then I, I can't remember what she says but Poppy turns around to Tawny she's like no I have to I have to go out there I have to do something um mm-hmm. and then I think Tawny like shoves the, the cloak at her and she's like you at least need to cover your face you can't go out there mm-hmm. not that anyone's gonna recognize her yeah it's dark <laughs> no one knows her face no um I think as well this is the point where I'm like she's a bad bitch but also that slight dumb bitch energy <laughs> Only a little bit because I'm like, and I think it's almost just because she's a lot braver than I am. Because in this situation, I I don't know if I would do what she does, where she runs out and is like, I'm gonna fight, but also puts herself massively at risk. Because if the Duke found out, mm-hmm. God knows what would happen. Yeah. But she goes out and pulls like a like a Katniss Everdeen almost. Because oh, we also find out the castle goes on like an immediate lockdown, so she knows she has like one minute to get out. And in her room, there's like a servants' quarters hidden away, which has stairs that lead down to the outside, which is kind of dumb because if she's the maiden, that would give someone easy access to come in and commit an assassination. But she's like, no, 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 it's fine, I've got it. She runs down the stairs and is outside, and I think she's up on a wall and is like firing arrows, and she's watching as like soldiers and guards are battling with the Craven. Mm-hmm. Craven do briefly like breach the rise, but they're, they're being killed. She can see Victor from a mile away and is like, oh, that's, the, that's a Craven about to kill him? <laughs> well, I killed the Craven first. Mm-hmm. And Victor kind of turns around and is immediately like, thank you, we're having a talk later. <laughs> um, and then she eventually, when she realizes the battle's over, and it's quite a harrowing battle because there are like, some of the guards know that the only way to save, like to stop the Craven getting over is by throwing themselves over the wall with the Craven, yeah. which is quite bad. Like a lot of men die. Yeah. Um, but on her way back, she's like, okay, I, now is definitely the time for me to sneak back because the battle's in hand. She bumps into Hawk, who's like, hello there. I've just seen you commit many murders. I should have been down there fighting, but my God, you are an attractive <laughs> lady. She's like, he thinks I'm another new, very attractive lady, and I don't know how to cope with this. Mm-hmm. Um, 
she then like throws a dagger to like try and get him to like leave her alone and he's like violence i love it <laughs> he definitely has a violence kink this man yeah, um but like he catches the blade and then he's like oh i know this blade you're the girl from the red pearl fun fact i came back for you where did you go and she's like you know what i'm gonna peace out and she's trying to escape from him and he's like mm -hmm. <laughs> you bitch bitch you thought and there's a really cool bit where she's like running away and she thinks she's lost him but there's like a there's like a thing in the wall and he's like climbed up and is running along the wall <laughs> and like jumps out in front of her and like her cape he like throws a, like a knife and it gets her cape caught so she can't move and he catches up and he's like hello princess and she's mm -hmm. like this is confusing and attractive all at once and it's the fact oh i just read the quote that you got <laughs> i've learned a whole lot princess that's why your hands and your dagger aren't getting anywhere near my neck but if you let go of the dagger there's a whole lot of me i'll let your hands get close to <laughs> honestly love him afterwards i was just like okay that's hot mate and it's literally throw I, we've said this before they like just throw enemy to lover energy at us even though they're not enemies i put foreshadowing yeah. but but i don't know i really like it like they're not enemies but at the same time they just have that vibe about them mm -hmm. it's great it's the fact that he goes you're so incredibly violent i think i like it mm -hmm. this man has like a thing for the violence <laughs> and then eventually he's like this time i'm gonna look at your face he takes off the hood and he goes oh shit <laughs> oh no i've done a lot of naughty things to a maiden it's and she's like the like, scene from is it 22 jump street where it's like Schmidt fuck the captain, <laughs> where he has that moment of realization of like I've done some. Oh my god, he, he is the epitome of that. Is it a vine with a just did a bad thing? I regret the thing I did. That and he does not regret, regret it. it. Yeah, he does not regret it. Zero fucks. Mm -mm. Um, he's then like, look, you go up to your room. We're having a talk later. Mm -hmm. Go, and she does, <laughs> and I think she just goes up and like they have a chat and he's like how the fuck did you get out what am i meant to do with all of this and it's the fact that tawny's there and she explains and poppy explains like a rundown of the battle and like hawk comes in and is like tawny get out and he i think he like kicked the door open like we're having a chat <laughs> yeah. and tawny's like i think i've missed something mm -hmm. um and like, there's a moment where like Tawny's kind of getting involved, and she's like, "Yes, but you know what? I'm going to trust Hawk because he's attractive." And Hawk's like, "I like her." I, I feel like, like her she calls Poppy princess as well at this. Yeah. <laughs> and Hawk's just like, "I like her. We can be friends." <laughs> yeah, she agrees that you're a princess. We're on the same team now. We're um, tag team calling you princess. So we get a little bit of a heart to heart. Poppy talks about the attack on her family um, and how if she thinks if her parents knew how to defend themselves then they might still be alive today that's why she learned how to fight and it's why she goes out to help because she at least wants to be able to help someone like yeah if it means someone can survive then she's going to risk it um we get the quote risk it for a chocolate biscuit yeah we get the quote the next time you go out wear better shoes and thicker clothing those slippers are likely to be the death of you and that dress the death of me <laughs> Honestly, I love him. Mm -hmm. I put, okay, Hawk, you need to stop talking. I don't need to fall in love with another fictional character, please and thank you. The next morning, so we find out Poppy has like training with Victor, and like 
that's how she knows how to defend herself. And they're like having a training session, but he's also kind of letting out his pent up aggression. Like, why the fuck were you on the wall? Mm-hmm. You could have died. Mm-hmm. Or worse, you could have been caught. Yeah. He literally always has like a Hermione Granger moment of like, we could have been, we could have been killed or worse, expelled. He's like, you could have been killed or worse, caught by somebody. <laughs> Which um, he, she was, so. She was, but she, I don't think she tells... Because I think she's anxious because she's like, oh, I wonder if Hawk went and told Victor everything. Um, But I think as well, Victor's just like, you are, I've I've told you, you need to be careful. Like, you are going down a path that makes me think you don't want to be ascended. And she's just there like, stop, wrong bitch, not me. Don't talk about (laughs) me like that. When actually we all know she just clearly does not want to be ascended. Mm -hmm. Um... So they have some weird type of gathering thing where all the royals are on a balcony, including Poppy. I put it's basically just a whole bunch of propaganda of them trying to disband the dissenters after the upset after the attack. And um they're all there's loads of people gathered, they're all listening to the Duke talk, and then a guy, the blonde one from court, um, mm. he throws a craven hand at them. <laughs> Because where did he get that from? I don't know. Um, and he starts claiming that the third and fourth children are not at the temples like they claim they are. Like nobody's yeah. ever seen them. Something's not right. Um, and then Poppy immediately gets the same feeling that she did at court. So she gets, she can sense that like hot pain, but that has a bit of taste. And I think she makes the conclusion that it's anger. Yeah. Yeah. I also, one thing I wanted to point out is that she gets this feeling, this overwhelming feeling, and she's kind of talking to Hawk and Victor, and she's like, there's, like, I, I can sense something, I can see this guy, and, like, Hawk's immediately, like, the blonde one, I've been tracking him for a few minutes now, and Victor's like, I can see him too. Yeah. And there's, like, a point where, like, her feelings become so overwhelming, she kind of, like, falters for a second, and, like, Tawny and Victor and, like, Hawk all notice it, and they're like, are you okay? She's like, completely fine. Because it was the same thing that happened, like, she had, like, a physical reaction to her emotions when she was on the dace mm-hmm. at that previous event, yeah. when the Tullys, or the Tullis family came in and were like, please spare our son, and she was so overwhelmed with that emotion, she kind of just faltered physically for a second, and everyone noticed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so after that oh the guy gets like dragged away by guards um Mm. after that poppy goes to the duchess because she wants to talk about her developing powers and the changes Mm. um the duchess says that it's just like developing as she gets older it's what happened to the other maiden as she got closer to her her ascension um so we come to the conclusion that the duchess knew the first maiden um she personally felt the duchess not the duchess the maiden was far from worthy for for the gods um but the gods still found her worthy and then she says that before her ascension um the maiden took a path which led her to the dark one and he killed her which intriguing also sorry i'm just having to get cat snacks out because my cat is starting to meow really loudly (laughs) so don't mind me i'm just feeding my cat it's okay i carry on um, so it's the scene with the priestess and the book. So I, I liked this scene. I like this scene. Somebody's standing up for me th- in this way. Mm-hmm. I love it. So she's got her lessons with the priestess, and she's basically being forced to read from the book about the War of Two Kings. Mm-hmm. Um, 
she says Skotos, Skotos Mountains, and the priestess, priestess stops and she's like, now Poppy, you know how to say it properly, so why are you being pedantic? Like, say it properly, it's Skotis mm. Mountains. So she then backtracks and she says, Skotis Mountains. And Hawk just steps in and he's like, actually, <laughs> hate to I'm from it. that area. <laughs> yeah. And it's pronounced Educate yourself. Yeah, and he says it like, I just... Um, wouldn't want the maiden to be uneducated in case she ever had to go and like see someone from this area. I'd hate for that to happen. And he's like kind of like digging out the priestess. It's great. It's iconic. I love it. And then like the priestess gets like really, really angry. And then like, because oh, what's it? Because they're talking about the ascension. Yeah. So Poppy, Poppy like, is reading about yeah. it. Yeah. And um, she shudders at the fault because she realizes how similar the Atlanteans turning people into Craven and the Ascension is because both of them, um, they have to drink blood. Um, yeah. And the priestess freaks out because how dare she think that? Um, yeah. Cause like, how dare you? And she grabs her chin and like physically is like, how dare you? And like Poppy's there like, I'm used to people physically hurting me now. At this point it's fine. Go for it. But she's more embarrassed. because She's like, shit. Hawk can see this yeah. and before the princess even like she raises her hand to slap her and Hawk grabs it and is like if you lay a hand on the maiden it's gonna be the last time you have hands I swear to god mm-hmm. and I was like I am here for this moment uh-huh. I said where did I say it I can't remember where I said it but so Victor would never step in for her but Hawk did and I said that he kind of just like doesn't give a shit about anyone except for Poppy, like at all. Has no yeah. respect for anybody else. He'll just say what he wants. The Duke is kind of a bit more reserved around, but he's still saying what he wants to say. The priestess yeah. gives no shit. I think as well, like it's that point of like he almost doesn't care about what will happen to him because he's like, I can take care of myself, but you're not allowed to speak out. You're not allowed to stand up for yourself, and that is absolutely wrong in my opinion. Yep. Um, they talk about poppy being the maiden and he states how poppy has all of this honor but that honor honor means nothing if she doesn't have any rights like she's not allowed to do anything so how is it an honor to be the maiden um at this point hawk opens up about his brother something horrible has happened to him we don't know what but he is alive um at this point poppy relieves hawk from some of his emotional pain we also find out whenever Poppy does that, she relieves someone of their pain. She gets like a headache or she gets kind of weak because mm-hmm. it's a lot because she's taking away their pain and bringing it onto herself. Yep. Um, so we forgot to mention, mention this, but earlier on in the book, they talk about this diary, this um, diary <laughs> from this, uh, I want to say. It's basically a compilation of the dirtiest, smuttiest Wattpad stories. There's a filthy diary in the library uh, about this one woman who lived for a really, really long period of time and she had a lot of sex and she wrote all about it in this diary and Poppy's like, you know what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to risk it for a chocolate biscuit. I remember really vividly the line, like the chapter begins with like, it was like less than 24 hours later that I was in my next death defying, like I could be killed for doing this moment. So she goes, she sneaks into the library uh, to find this book and she's in this like special private room and she's like ah yeah got the book secured the goods and then she hears voices and she immediately notices one of them is the dukes so she kind of makes the smart choice to climb out the window and stand on the ledge 
and she can hear the Duke talking to somebody about the blonde man who spoke out about like the babies and stuff. He's not giving up any details, but the Duke's like, oh, I'll go and speak to this man. He's not going to be alive after I'm done with him. Mm -hmm. The Duke and whoever he was talking to, like, leave the room. And she's like, okay, cool. I'm going to take a second to wait for them to definitely be gone. And then, then I'll go. And somebody comes in and she's like, oh, shit. And then we find out it's Hawk and he's just tracked her to the library. And he's like, bitch, what the fuck? You keep doing this. Why? <laughs> Do you have a death wish? Why are you stood on the ledge? And she's like, ah, it was the Duke. And he, uh, I remember he like tries to help her through the window, but she's like, no, 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 I've got this. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, once she's back in the room, he like goes to kiss her, but it was all just to distract her because he snatches the diary away from her and he starts reading parts of it to her because why not you want to read what you put on my notes? So, Matt, this is the point where we switch from Maddie's notes to my notes. Um, so he snatches the diary away from her and my thing is, it is a smutty diary of the sexy times. Although to be fair, whatever that woman has written in the book, we've all probably read smuttier fanfics on a Wattpad than mm. what the stories in this damn journal. Now here is the point where um, Maddie was unable to finish her notes and I couldn't remember what happens between this point and then what uh, is the right. Um, but in general, we know that there is more of Hawk standing up for Poppy, Victor being like, I want you to be careful around Hawk because like something's kind of shady. Um, and also more of the Duke and Mazine being creeps. But we get straight to the right. Now we know that the right is the first kind of big time that Poppy's allowed out without the full veil. She'll still be in a mask, but she also gets to wear a colour other than red. And Tawny other makes sure... White, sorry. Huh? Other than white. Oh, sorry, yeah, other than white. She gets to wear this gorgeous red dress. And Tawny is like, no, this is the first time you're allowed out. I'm going to do your hair. I'll put on some lipstick, which I, in hindsight, is an interesting choice. She has blusher and she looks at herself in the mirror and she's like, I don't even know who stood in the mirror in front of me. Mm -hmm. uh, and it's a shopping turn of events that Poppy's allowed to attend the right. Um, so Tawny is with her and Victor's there. Hawk's kind of MIA, but eventually shows up. They're all kind of waiting for it to start because the Duchess is there, but like nobody knows where the fuck the Duke is. And they're like, we have to wait for him to start, don't we? And then Agnes, the woman from the beginning, uh, she's the one whose husband um, Poppy killed. Um, basically, she's like, I didn't expect to see you here. And she's like, look, just please be careful. Not everyone in this crowd is as friendly as you'd seem. And she says it's more veils the way she says it. And I think Poppy uh, is like, what the fuck? And Victor's like, I have some security concerns. I'm going to go find the captain of the guard. Because at this point, Hawk appears and he's there like, I'm here to protect Poppy. But also, dear Lord, she looks like an absolute snack. Um, so yeah, Victor goes off to have a kind of like security conversation. Hawk's there like, you look beautiful. The Duke doesn't show up to the right. So the Duchess kind of like goes in for it. Uh, and they start celebrating. The Duchess walks over to Poppy and is like, listen, don't forget, just because you've been allowed out, just because you're not wearing white, just because you're allowed to show part of your face, you still have to obey all the rules of the maiden. You are not allowed to have fun. You are not allowed to mingle. If someone comes up to talk to you, you have to walk away. You stay with your guard and your handmaiden. You do not disobey any of the rules or else you will be punished. And Poppy's there like, oh yeah, just because like, you know, I'm not allowed to live and have fun and have a life. Uh, but Tawny like, clearly wants to go have a dance. So mm. Poppy's like, okay, here's my thought process. I'm going to lie and say I'm going to go to sleep so that uh, Tawny can go and like dance and have a party. And Tawny's originally like, oh no, I'll stay with you. But Poppy's like, no, go dance. Hawk's going to take me to my room. I'm not feeling good. 
So Tawny's really proud. She's like, thank you. She goes and has a boogie. Hawk and Poppy do go outside, but Hawk's like, look, I know how much you used to love the gardens. We'll go for a walk. We don't have to go back to where those, you know, magical flowers are. I'll take you to my favorite spot. The fact that he has a favorite spot already makes me go, hmm, okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a thick willow tree that apparently like um, Poppy and her brother used to hang out at because it's like really, really thick. So they go in, they're talking, and eventually uh, it's, because it's so dark, she can't see where she's going. And Hawk pulls her down so she's sat on his lap. Oh, also, and I'm going to say, he's got insane eyesight. He <laughs> can see in the dark. Amazing eyesight. Because mm-hmm. he has absolutely no problem. Um, they then do lots of smoochy time. And yep. then I remember, like, he turns around to her and is like, look, we need to stop right the fuck now. Because if we're not careful, we're going to continue. And you will not walk out of this garden of maiden. And she's there like, I don't know if I want to walk out of this garden of maiden because I think you're so attractive. Eventually, they leave the shelter of the willow tree. And hello, hello, Victor's there waiting to tell them off. Because Poppy's, here's the thing. Tawny put on, like, bright red lipstick. And Poppy didn't think that my bright red lipstick that I've never worn before shit it could be smeared all over hawk's face and that's exactly what it is mm-hmm. um and victor at this point is very anti-hawk like you could have ruined the maiden who was also basically my child how dare you look at her mm-hmm. and there's like this whole moment where like it's like the father figure and like the lover are like arguing having this like very macho argument and poppy's like is anyone gonna listen to me telling you to calm the fuck down and like there's a point where Hawk's like, if you don't leave Poppy alone and let her make her own decisions, I'm going to fight you and you will not win that fight. And Poppy's there like, okay, someone's made a death threat. We can't continue. Mm-hmm. And eventually, um, Victor's like, okay, you're done. You're done for the night. You can fuck off. I don't want to see you. And Poppy and Victor are kind of walking. And this is the moment where she absolutely admits, like, I don't want to ascend. Like, yeah. I don't have any rights. Why is it such an honor for me when I, I don't get to live? I don't get to have an actual life. Why is this such a gift for me? You don't stand up for me. And she has this kind of like really therapeutic moment. But once she says, I don't want to ascend, and she has that like, I can't believe I just said this, but I also mean it. And I think Victor's not surprised because he's been able to tell from her actions. Mm-hmm. They're then just like, she's then adamant and like, just take me back to my room. I just want to go back to my room. I don't want anything else. I don't want to talk. I just want to go to my room. So they're walking and um, there's like a, there's like a loud noise and everyone's screaming yeah. uh, and everyone's running like crazy from the main hall. And Victor is like, I need to stop Poppy before she, and then she just acts. She runs straight to the main hall and Tawny kind of meets her there and is like, oh my God, it's so awful. It's so terrible. Yeah. And they look up and I, you know what really loved this one moment? Because hanging from the ceiling is the Duke's body and shoved through his heart is the cane that he'd been abusing Poppy with. And I don't know how she notices, but I think in the cane, it says from blood and ash. Yeah, it does. I think it's on a flag. Yeah. It's on something. I, very sorry, because I know you don't like me jumping to the end, but I really need to say it here. (laughs) not gonna make any sense we're still in chronological order okay um plus if we've got this far people are gonna have read the book so hulk was the one who um empowered the duke with the cane what yep. <laughs> did he do this before making out with Poppy or after making out with Poppy? That is a fair point. Because, I mean, I feel like even at this point, you do wonder who stabbed him. And I I did immediately think it was Hawk. Yeah. Because I was like, he is clearly in love with her. And he definitely knows that something's been happening with the Duke. And he clearly doesn't like the Duke. Yeah. So I 
that's not a massive spoiler really because you can kind of tell that it was going to be him because who yeah. else would know it wasn't going to be lord mazine no also, sort of i just don't understand like yeah, he wasn't there at the beginning of the night, so did he do it then? Did he kill the Duke then and just prop him up and just wait for the thing to collapse? Or, like, was he there the whole night? Or after his argument with Victor, did he then go, nah, he's, this guy's got to die, I'm very angry right now. And then, just, and then if so, how did he get him up there? Because there was people already in the ballroom. Anyway. So here, here's a question, we'll, go, we'll come back to that in just a second. So a lot of dramatic stuff starts to happen, um, so Victor yells, protect the maiden. And it's basically like, you know, the game pile up where just someone yells pile up and you all <laughs> jump on top of each other. It's like a defensive version of that. So Poppy is able to grab Tawny because obviously they're best friends. She wants to keep her safe. But all of the guards and Victor kind of like, it's a massive passive aggressive hug to protect the maiden. It's like guard after guard is joining in to protect the maiden. Um, but as people are running out of the main hall, they're smashing into this big group of guards and they're kind of bouncing back and forth. And one by one, the guards are slowly kind of whittled away until... Victor is torn away, Tawny is thrown away, Poppy is on the floor being trampled. Eventually she makes it back to Tawny, they can't find Victor. And then two of the ladies that um, Poppy got in trouble for kind of talking to, one of them is dead on the floor and the other one's trying to get to her to be like, she can't be like left like that, she can't die like that. Poppy's trying to help her get there and this girl is like shot in the head with an arrow right next to her. And that's when we see, I think, surrounding like the balcony upstairs, are dissenters who are screaming like from blood and ash we will rise um and poppy's like shit i need to find tawny and she finds her and victor and eventually the duchess grabs him and is like look we're gonna go hide somewhere and here's my thing the duchess and the douchebag lord this is when i just stopped giving him a name um they run somewhere to like a room that's really unsafe they've not got any backup like exits they're just like locked into this room yeah. and the duchess is like we'll be fine stop fussing they'll never find us here and like victor and poppy look at each other like we're gonna have to fight our way out of this because there's only a handful of guards with them yeah um and literally minutes later dissenters are trying to break into the room and Poppy removes the dagger from her dress and is scolded by the Duchess, but Poppy does not give a fuck. She's like, either I can use this dagger and help her like, save our lives, or we can all just die. What, what would you prefer? Yeah. Also, Duchess clearly does not seem to give a fuck about her husband being dead. No, she really, I don't blame her, if I'm honest with you, because he was an arsehole. Yeah. Um, so, Poppy, the, in the, the room has been like overrun with dissenters. Poppy is like, bought out her dagger, she's like fighting her way through. Tawny is just there throwing glasses <laughs> at people's heads because that's the only way she knows how to help. And then both the Lord and the Duchess is just they're both just sat there chilling. Right. So they finally um Oh also one sorry we forgot to mention um, the Duchess is like, we're going to go into hiding. We're leaving the Ascended to deal with it. Because apparently, even though all of the mortal guards had been dealing with the situation since a lot of them were killed, the Ascended have some form of power that means that they can try and fight off the dissenters, which yeah. is what happens. They just leave the Ascended to fight, yeah. the ones that are willing to fight, so yeah. while they go and hide. Sorry, continue. Um, so they think the room has been cleared. They think they've managed to fight their way out of it. And then... Hawk walks in and I think I think Poppy goes to hug him and Tawny like shouts and she's like no 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 like no and then one of the guys that they thought they'd killed gets up and stabs Victor yeah yeah um, um then Hawk kills the guy who killed Victor 
Um, sorry, I'm getting texts from, um, what's that really shit? Hermes. Hermes are texting me like, we've safely got your package. I'm like, no, you're going to drop kick my package into next door garden. <laughs> sorry. I'm so Hawk's there. He's trying to like pick pieces of poppy up off the floor because she's not having a good time right now. Like Victor was basically mm -hmm. a father figure and he's just died. Yeah. And, and in that moment in time she tried to use her powers and she couldn't so she tried to yeah. take away from Victor's pain and she couldn't do it um, and he's there like I'm so sorry that I failed you I, I didn't protect you and she's like no but you did but she realises in that moment he just wants to hear that she has so she's like you know thank you for everything and the motherfucker the lord whatever his name is, is he comes up and makes like a derogatory comment towards Victor who is literally still his body is still warm he's just died and Poppy's just there like I don't give a fuck anymore and I this was one of my favorite bits so she chopped that man up like a kebab mm. she like, she is like swinging this sword around she cuts off each arm she goes like hand by hand and like it's a moment when she's thinking like she cuts off the hands you know the hands that had held her and forced her to be abused and then she's just going, arms, she cuts off his head. She's just going for it. And I was living for it. It I was great. It. I think what then, took me over the edge as well was the fact that she would, like, all of them were stood there covered in blood. Like, even Tawny had blood on her. And then the Lord was just spotless. Didn't have a speck yeah. of blood on him. Um, and he, it was so, he made, like, some sort of comment, like, oh, well, he clearly didn't do a good enough job at protecting you. Yeah. Like, what? Or, like, he was then making a derogatory comment, like, oh, my, oh, my, like, the Duke's lessons clearly haven't been working if you've been able to do this. And she's just like, I'm done with you. Yeah. And it's I the fact that I'm... once she's killed the Lord, um, it's Hawk. She can feel Hawk holding on to her. And it's, like, a note of, like, she can smell, like, the pine and the kind of, like, spice. And he's just holding her and kind of pulling her to the ground. And there is this habit that he has of, like, he pulls her to the ground, but he takes the brunt of it. So he's... He'll pull her with force, but he's the one that lands on the floor and keeps her safe. Mm -hmm. um, so days after that, Poppy's just kind of been living in like a dream world. She's been drugged up because she's just not coping very well. Um, and normally she's not allowed, like she's never allowed herself to use one of the sleeping potions that people made. But now she's just like, do whatever, I don't care. Yeah. Also, if anyone listening knows Starkid, I don't know why, but when I was writing this bit, I thought of um, Harry Potter, aka Darren Chris, just screaming, I'm in a rage, which is what she was in when she killed um, Mazine. If anyone knows what I'm talking about, please tell me. <laughs> I just, it's all I could think of when I went back to it. Um, yeah. So she kind of like comes out of this drug state and the Duchess summons her. Um, so her and Hawk, I don't know if Tawny's there. They go to what was the Duke's office, not the private one, just like his gen generic office. And she turns around and says that the Queen has summoned Poppy to the capital earlier than what they were expecting, but it's because of all of the attacks um, and that they're leaving tomorrow morning. Um, Tawny's not allowed to go with her because there's not enough guards to keep both Poppy and Tawny safe whilst they're on the road. Um, so it's just what, well, as far as she knows, it's just Hulk, Poppy, and then a few guards that know, like, we, do they know who she is? I'm not sure. I think they must. They do. will. They will. They'll find out. Um, so, but also at this point, the Duchess basically is like, your behavior will be forgiven by the gods because you were defending yourself and your Duchess. Like they'll forgive that because, you know, 
you I forget that but then she also within the same conversation is talking about how she knew the Duke was abusing Poppy and she did absolutely nothing to stop it like the Duchess fucking knew I hate that I hate it yeah but uh yeah there's an argument because Poppy's still thinking well if Hawk's in charge of us going he I can convince him to let Tawny come so there's an argument between her and Hawk and then it's Tawny who turns around and is like no Poppy I can't come yeah you like if it's you guys need to travel as incognito as possible and you having a handmaiden with you, it's going to make, you're going to stick out like a sore thumb. Like I have to stay here. And Poppy's then like, okay, I see your point, but I can't, I don't know what to do without you. Um, So the next day they go and meet up with um, their like envoy. Um, It turns out to be the guy she was playing cards with at the beginning of the book. Yes. Yes. Um, so we've got Kieran, Phillips, Phillips, somebody and then else. there's like there's like five others. It's it's a, like a decent sized group. Yeah, there's like I feel like just under like maybe eight guards, and then they have like two hunters as well that are with them. Yeah, there's um, like a really well rounded group. Yep. Um, what's his name? Hulk ends up giving Poppy the dagger that Victor gave her like she left it in the room where everything happened and he gave it back to her before the trip started she has to ride on the horse with him because she doesn't which is suggestive um so they're on their way there's like talks of these weird creatures that are like boars but like twice the size we also there's a point where they slow down and uh hawk's like hey can you do me a favor reach into that like into the bag on the side of the horse she's like okay and she pulls out (laughs) Hawk kept that really smutty book that that one kind of lady had written. And he's like, for my entertainment, can you read me some chapters? She's like, I fucking hate you. Of all the things you could have taken from my room, thank you for the dagger, but this? Really? And he's like, how much have you read? And she was like, nearly all of it. He's like, I want you to read me some. Um, And then going back to what you were saying about the beasts in the forest, he's like, I've literally seen you fight against cravens and like, fight for your life and you've been absolutely fearless but these things that are like big pigs you're scared of and she's like yeah what of it i'm allowed to be scared um so they stop off for the night mm-hmm. sleep and um let's it's, it's bloody cold hawk gives um he goes oh i can make you sleep don't you worry and um some stuff happens if some sexual if the first thing was um, a mild coma, what are we saying this was? Um, I'd say it's a step above a mild coma. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, um, but it's the fact that like all time, of them, there's guards just around them. Yeah, <laughs> all, them are, I think at this point they all know that she is the maiden, and so they're like, even though they can see her face, they're trying to give as much privacy as they can, so they're not looking at her. Mm. But there is a guard nearby that's asleep that's like facing her, and she's like, if he wakes up. Also, she knows that Kieran is one of the guards that's closest, and she's like, I can't make a sound. But this is this is an unholy but wonderful feeling. Um, and then she's uh, then like he he does the thing for her, and then she's kind of like, Okay, I am happy, I'm tired now. And he whispers, You don't have to tell me, but I know I'm right, enjoy your sleep. She then wakes up the next day and she's pretending to be asleep because she can hear like Kieran like warning like Hawk, do not forget your job, don't forget your place, don't forget your role. 
and he's like, it's me, I never forget. Bada bing, bada boom, I'm cool, I know what I'm doing. And Kieran's like, you're a dumb shit. Don't, don't forget our job. Yeah. Um, they continue riding, but then there's a craven attack just before they leave the woods and like a few of their men are killed. But it's a great moment where like not all of these guards have seen what Poppy can do. And um, like Hawk's like, here, have a sword. And all of the guys are like, okay, cool. The maiden has a sword now, cool. And they're fighting. <laughs> And a bunch of their men have been killed. And then there's this one, one of the guards, like, because Poppy's, like, in a bit of trouble. Like, she's, like, underneath the the mist. And she, like, there's a craven that nearly attacks her, but this guard jumps and takes the kind of brunt force of the bite. Yeah. Uh, So after the kind of all the cravens are killed, there's that one guard lying there and Kieran and Hawk are next to him. And Poppy just kind of sits there. And he's like, did I protect the maiden? She's like, yeah, you protected me. And then she uses her power and it's really clear that she's like taking away his pain mm-hmm. and Hawk and Kieran are just staring at her like, wait, what the fuck? Yeah. And then, you know, bless it. It's the fact that he, just before he dies, he just goes, he zones out and just goes, mom. Yeah. And then he died. And I was like, oh, okay. Hit me in my feelings. Kill me. Why don't you just kill out my feelings? Um, and then she's like, Hawk, we need to talk. And he's like, later. We'll talk later. <laughs> um, so they, they make keep- this village. Really creepy. Yeah. Really creepy. It was like, um, you did you watch Doctor Who when you was younger? You did, didn't you? Yeah. Did you ever watch that one where the village was like full of old people and then they turned out to be aliens? Rings a bell. But, but everything was like normal, but not normal. Like it was really creepy, and then all of a sudden, just the old people were aliens. It reminded yeah. me of that. Um, and they they get in, they're all riding through the town and these kids are just like waving at them and running to tell everybody else that they're there. And it was like they were expecting them. It was really creepy. Um, So like, they get there and like, I I don't know if it's like a moment of jealousy where Hawk, they they arrive and like Kieran's friends with one of the guys in charge and there's a pregnant woman called Magda and Hawk's like, go with Magda, she'll look after you. And Poppy's like, how does he know her name? Yeah. Um, and then she's like, but Hawk, we need to talk. And he's like, uh-uh, later. So she goes upstairs, has a bath. Honestly, what a priority, I feel that. they have. She has a bath and she kind of like is in this robe and falls asleep. And eventually Hawk comes up and is like, hello there, we need to have a talk. Mm-hmm. And they talk about her power and she talked and he, I liked the conversation where he turns around and goes, have you ever numbed my pain? And she goes, yes. And she talks about how her powers have developed and it's the fact that she can now like, cause oh, also something I found really interesting was whenever she kind of like sensed Hawk's emotions, there was, there were two things. And one of them was like, she was like, it was like citrus. Mm-hmm. It was like a lemony citrusy thing. And she couldn't work out what emotion it was, which I'm still slightly confused, but I'm very intrigued. Yeah. Um, and then eventually he's like, look, I need to go. And he's walking to the door and she's like, wait, stay with me tonight. And he's like, uh, what did she say? Mm-hmm. And she just like takes off the robe and is like stood there bare ass naked in the room. And he's like, if you don't put that robe on back now, you are not going to be a maiden for much longer. And she's like, that chief, that's why I took off the robe. Mm-hmm. I don't want to be a maiden anymore. Let's go. <laughs> and, um, then in my usual dumb bitch style, um, they did the woohoo. Yeah. I don't know why I got so uncomfortable because the night before when he was um doing doing the thing to her in the woods mm-hmm. he whispers in her ear he was like oh I bet you taste like honeydew and so when he's 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 
going down on her and he then kind of comes up and he's like oh I was right you taste like honeydew and I was like I don't know why it made me slightly uncomfortable I was like hmm okay I feel like worse things yeah but I was just like oh that's a lot of detail also I found it slightly uh, it's a slightly unrealistic yeah this is the first time she's ever had sex and she's like everything is wonderful Mm -hmm. and I was like is that how it actually happens (laughs) um but they sleep together and Hawk is awoken in the early hours of the morning because Kieran's like, oh, there's uh, something you need to attend to. They're and he's really interrupted by Kieran. He needs to like... Yeah. <laughs> you know, he, is, he is a cock block. Mm-hmm. Um, it's the fact that Hawk just kind of like pulls on his trousers, doesn't even do them up. And it's clear that they've had sex. He walks to the road like, hey, Kieran, how are you doing? And they, like, if this was a completely normal situation, I'd be like, Hawk, you dumb fuck. Uh-huh. But obviously normal situation not a normal situation I, I like the very beginning of the second book that he says to his like you know everybody in this entire like castle knows like they ain't been you hun you ain't you ain't hunting from anyone but also it's the fact that like just as hawk's getting out of bed he tucks like a pillow under her arm so it's like i'm like still there's something there for you to cuddle i have to go deal with this stuff which i thought was kind of sweet mm-hmm. um um so there's like not long after i think poppy gets dressed because she's like oh whatever he's going to deal with he'll be back and we'll probably be leaving mm-hmm. so she gets dressed and then there's a knock at the door and she's like who's that because it wouldn't be hawk wouldn't knock on the door he'd no. just come in so it's a guard named phillips and he's like look something is like super wrong i don't trust kieran or hawk they're both really shifty and poppy's there like well i trust hawk because we just did the woohoo so uh, <laughs> you must be wrong so she's like well phillips is clearly a dissenter but it's safer for me to go along with his plan until I can find someone to help me. Mm-hmm. I um, think he, he messaged you at this point. I was like, how the hell did she just jump to Phillips is a dissenter? How did that yeah. happen? <laughs> she's been tra- taught not to trust people. And also because the person's like, oh, the person you're in love with, he's a bad guy. Don't trust evil mm-hmm. Mr. Naughty bad man. And she's like, mm, you must be the bad man. <laughs> uh, but he also turns around as like two of our guards have gone missing. They've not, they didn't make it to their bedroom. We don't know where they are. They were meant to be asleep right now and they're not there. So she's like, look, I'm just going to follow him because it's safer. Um, And they're walking out in the corridor and Kieran appears and he's like, what are you doing out of your room? Mm -hmm. And he turns into a wolf. Here's where I said, it's the whole twilight. It's the twilight vibes for me. Um, Because he turns into a wolf. So Kieran is what they call a wolven, which I'm just assuming is like a werewolf um, yeah and the, but they don't so, have to wait for a full moon they say that <laughs> so her and phillips they run and kieran chases after them and they say later that like yeah by the way kieran just wasn't trying to catch you like he knew you weren't gonna get very far otherwise you would be dead if he was trying to chase you yeah. you would be dead like no question about him there was um, one cool bit though when they're running away and it's a point of like they jump over this banister and land on the next floor and i was like that's yeah, cool that is cool they end up in like a stables i think like a barn yeah. but uh, they realize like all the bad guys are out the front and they're like we're not gonna be able to get out with the horses so we have to sneak yeah. out a back way mm-hmm. i don't know who oh it's the guy who tried to like kidnap her the first time he's the guy who killed rylan his name is jericho yeah i think and then there's Kieran. Kieran. Is it Declan? Yeah, maybe. I think his name's like something like Declan. And Hunt's there. Hunt shows up at some point. Not Hunt, Jesus Christ, Hulk. I was doing that. 
but no, that's no, that's the big surprise. This is where, okay, this is where my notes get amazing. My notes are 10 out of 10. Okay, we've so got they about like, 10 minutes, by the way. So Phillips and the two other guards are like, shit, what are we going to do? Uh, Kieran and that break in. She realises who Jericho is and is like, you killed Rylan. And he's like, yeah, hold on one sec. Him and all his friends kill the guards. Super funny. And, and then Jericho's like, do you remember what I said to you last time I saw you? And Poppy's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Something about eating my entrails, drinking my blood. I don't give a shit. You killed Rylan. Um, and then there's a voice Poppy knows. And the, behind her just goes, don't hurt her. She knows that voice. Insert big time rush. Uh, 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 oh. It's Hawk. He's working with them. They work for the Dark One. Oh no. So dramatic. Such a surprise. We had no clue. OMG. What? Neither of, <laughs> neither of us saw this coming. Even though I did see it coming, I was like happily surprised still. Like, I don't know if this makes sense. Like, I knew that this was going to happen, but even when I got to it, I was like, oh my God, such a surprise. Even though I knew it was coming. Um, this Again, I'm just reading off my notes. I've had a lot of caffeine and circulating in my head is the big time rush. Uh, 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 oh. Um, Poppy and Hawk start to fight because she's like, how fucking dare you? You've lied to me about literally everything. And they're like fighting in this barn. And all of the dissenters are like, wait, holy shit, the maiden can fight? <laughs> Should we put bets? I want to put money on the maiden because <laughs> she's beating Hawk's ass right now. And then again, she loses because Hawk grabs her from behind and pulls her to the floor. But again, he takes the brunt of the force. Mm -hmm. Really quickly. So... I messaged you, I think it was when they were travelling, I messaged you and was like, I think Hawk is an Atlantean, also could possibly be the Dark One. And you were like, hmm, I think you should just keep reading. And I was like... I was also like, have, yeah, but have you seen fan art of him? And you were like, no, I haven't because I don't want any spoilers. And I was like, okay, fine. So I texted you fan art. I was like, he is so beautiful. Because you were like, oh, I think he's the dark one. I think he's an Atlantean because everyone obeys his orders. I was like, no, have you seen how beautiful this man is? That is why they behave when he orders them to do something. And I was like, um, if no one's got super speed and can see in the dark, like, no, yeah. <laughs> something's not right. Um, so she goes to the prison because they're like, we can't trust you in a room, we're going to put you in a prison for now. But mm. when she was trying to fight against some of the dissenters, uh, or the wolven, she got a massive cut on her stomach, so... Um, no, Jericho comes down with Mr. Tully. No, not yet, not yet. Oh, yeah, okay. In the fight, she was cut, and then um, this is when we get the big backstory, because Hawk comes down, he's stitching her up, and he basically... This is the big rundown that we have to do in like a handful of sentences. So the Ascended are vampires. Uh, they, the third and fourth children are being eaten. They're having their blood taken by the Ascended. Uh, I think um, we find out it was like the first vampire, or they're known as Vampry, uh, was made by one of the kings because he was in love with this woman so much. Um, the Craven were like an accident, but it's... It's actually the Ascended who are making the Craven, I think. Because yeah. they're, like, taking the blood, but not all of it. And they're the ones turning. So, the thing about the Atlanteans biting people, and no matter if they drain them of blood or what, they turn into Craven. Complete bullshit. Not true at all. Yeah. Just something that the Ascended have said to make them look bad. In actual reality, it's that's what happens if an Ascended bites you. If you're bitten or, like, something like yeah like if you're bitten yeah. i think it's what their their kiss or their bite yeah. i don't i can't remember 
um but that will turn you into a craven um, yeah because fun times there's like this cool sexual tension between them while he's like bandaging her scars because he's like you i need you to be aware when you are violent i find it really attractive and she's like and i find it really disturbing that you think that is attractive mm -hmm. uh, but eventually he leaves her and he's like look i'm gonna find you a better prison situation and again it's like he's like i'll move you up to room and she basically is like even if it's a bedroom it's still a prison you're keeping me captive what is but that later, what book was that in that was in um there's another book that that's in oh was it i don't know but i know that there's another quote it's really bugging me it's gonna bug me as well it's i'm thinking it's ah oh, cinderella is dead that is the one um so Poppy later on is being told that she's going to move um, and she's with two guards, but then Jericho and a load of other wolven appear and Mr. Tullis is there and they're like, look, we want to kill you. Um, and Mr. Tullis is like, yeah, you were stood up on the dais when they said that my son couldn't be protected. Um, and Jericho's like, oh, there are so many people here who want to kill you. It's almost a party. And then she's like, well, at least I have two hands. <laughs> and he said with one hand like you motherfucker and one of the guards is like listen just because you don't like her doesn't mean you have to kill her and poppy thinks it's a good idea to pipe up and go yeah don't forget i stabbed you twice i'll do it again not once like, not oh, once twice. But twice and i have two hands <laughs> yeah it's just the fact that, like i i love her like dumb bitch courage mm -hmm. i love it because she knows like they are outnumbered yeah. um but yeah Out there is a fight out man. <laughs> uh, there is a fight. Poppy gets hurt. Kieran finds her and he's like, OMG, somebody find the prince. And she's like, someone said prince. I lost track. I'm dying. <laughs> she then wakes up and Castile is there. Well, we find out that... Sorry, while she's like dying as well, they say, Kieran says Castile, he says his name. And she's like, yeah. mentally, she's like, that's weird. Is he here now? Is he just showing up? Or what's going he on? Uh -huh. um, and Poppy is forced to drink some of Hawk's blood, which revives her, because at this point we know that Hawk is an Atlantean. And then once she's revived, and she's kind of, she's having this moment where she's like, Hawk, have sex with me. And he's like, no, as much as I want to say yes, he'll thank me in the future, because you don't want to have sex right now. This is not you. In a few minutes, it'll be out of your system. Mm -hmm. And then she's kind of embarrassed and like, oh God, that was weird. And then she's like, wait, Prince, Castile, you're the dark one and he's like don't call me that my name's castile cast of my friends and she's like you're the dark one and then, absolutely not wrong bit not wrong bit. um and then my note just uh she goes stab stab she stabs him in the heart because what else should she do it's also that moment she's like oh god i'm in love with the dark one um she runs into the woods he catches up and is like i'm not dead uh, they then do the woohoo in the woods because why not? In the snow, because why, why not? Yeah, why, yeah, in the snow. Why else? Like, what else should you do in the woods surrounded by Craven who wanted to kill you and probably many other scary predators? Woohoo time, of course. I don't think she got very far. So was this just outside <laughs> in front of everyone? Just into the woods. So people <laughs> probably see because they were like, oh shit, she's run off. Oh, we'll run after. Oh, what's happening? Because it's also um, at this point, Hawk, sorry, he's not just Hawk now, he is Prince Castile, or he calls himself Cass sometimes. Mm -hmm. He bites her neck and he is, oh, I yeah. know, he was like, he says something about her blood and I was like, oh, that's going to come back to bite me in the ass. That's going to be a plot point. Uh -huh. They do the woohoo in the woods. They then go back to the keep and they go to the dining room and there are dead bodies everywhere hung on the wall, including Mr. Tullis, which actually in the middle of the fight when she was lying there bleeding out, she looked at him and was like, I hoped you and your family were like, she was like, I was glad that you weren't there at the right. I hoped you'd escape to somewhere safe. And Mr. Tullis then has that realization of like, oh shit, 
I'm angry at this woman, but she's not the woman I should be angry about. Because at this point, Poppy is basically a symbol for all of the ascended. Yeah. Um, Jericho is alive, but he's dying and he's in pain. And he's not allowed to die until Castile says so. Mm. Uh, they're having dinner and Cass is like, okay, while we're sat here in front of like literally everyone, we're going to have a quick information dump. Number one, Poppy, surprise, you're half Atlantean. And number two, we're going to Atlantia. And also, cool, you're going to be my wife. Yeah? Cool. <laughs> Um, yeah, also, I don't really have a choice. I've said it in front of everyone now, so you're definitely marrying me. It's fine, don't worry. Yeah, and then she's like, "Who and him and a what?" I also think it's uh, a wonderful thing is that the end of this book and the beginning of the next, literally the same scene. So yeah. this next one I'm about to make, I don't know if it's the end of the book or the beginning of the next one, but there is a guy who's like, "How fucking dare you want to marry her?" It's definitely she's at the, the beginning of the next one. Okay, then we'll talk about that next time. In total, my only point about this book, I really liked it. I could guess all of the plot points, but I still really liked it. Um, Dumb Bitch Beth thoughts is, uh, honestly, I'm in love with Hawk Flynn, but I don't know if he exhibits any toxic traits. Like at this point, I just want someone to love me enough and want to stand up for me in the way that he does. <laughs> Currently, any red flags seem green to me, Chief. Yeah. I mean, they're that- definitely red flags, but also I can look past them. I can look past his red flags. Um, also, if anybody called me princess and says that I intrigued them, there we go. I'm, I'm yours. I um, feel like I can't say the word intrigued now because I feel like I always say that. I'm always like, I'm intrigued and I feel like I can't say that. Oh my God, you're the original Hawk Flynn. I'm the OG. Um, the OG. I liked the book. I really, really liked it. I mean, I gave it five stars on Goodreads. But... Right. I wish the um, the twist wouldn't have been so obvious because I figured it out like halfway through the book. Yeah. I just love the fact that you were texting me like, at the end of the book, you were like, I'm so fucking angry. <laughs> because they literally just dump a whole b- bunch of information and they're like, yeah, the end, by the way, read the next one. I could yeah. not imagine reading that book like as it came out and then having and to wait like a year and a half for the next one. I would have been off. So the third book, apparently there's hopefully going to be a fourth, I hope. Um, but the third book comes out in April of next year. Um, and so uh, that's going to be a long enough wait because apparently A Kingdom of Flesh and Fire, a lot happens. It's probably yeah. going to be an emotional journey. And I'm intrigued. Um, so stuff I want to know more about. I want more Kieran, but we've already got more Kieran. I want more Kieran. Um, my theory for the next book is... Um, Although Poppy's adamantly like, you're the dark one, I hate you. They're definitely going to get together. They're definitely going to do more woohoo because it's those two. I want more of um, dumb bitch, but also sarcastic like Poppy going like, like with that whole moment of like, oh, don't forget, I've got two hands, you don't. I want more of those moments with her because it just made me really like her as a character. Because yeah. just, she just doesn't care. No, she really doesn't. She couldn't give less of a shit. She couldn't. Because she's here um, to live life and experience it. So yeah. At this point, she's like, I was just prepared to die at the age of 19, and now I have freedom. I'm just going to be careless and enjoy it. Um, um, I love her. But yeah, I think that's, that's it. Anything else we need to say about it? Uh, no. All that I can say is that I'm excited to read the next one, which... So next time you tune into the podcast, it will be Crescent City. Um, and then after that, we will be doing A Kingdom of Flesh and Fire and then going on to Shadow and Bone. And then we will take a break for Christmas. It will be a one week break so that we can catch up on all of our reading. And it's not even over Christmas. It's like... <laughs> it's over my birthday week. 
<laughs> um, but thank you for tuning in. Um, I know that we'll be uploading this episode a little bit late, but um, keep in mind, we are two hardworking ladies working with the two jobs in this economy. Yeah, I feel bad because I was literally like, yeah, it's coming up tomorrow night. Don't you, don't you worry. Listen to our podcast. And then on the Instagram as well, I was like, oh, it'll be up tonight. It's definitely not going to be up tonight. I ain't got the time. My favourite thing is just going, in this economy? <laughs> and at this point, I'm just like, us uploading on time? In this economy? Mm-hmm. When we have two jobs? No. I feel like this is, it was, it was simultaneously a brave but also stupid decision to start a podcast where we are being, like, continuously late with our recording. <laughs> Because we keep doing it on a Monday. We literally, you messaged me last week, like, oh, we're going to have to record it earlier. And I was like, yeah, yeah, of course. And I was like, I've not read all of Crescent City. Can we do another book? <laughs> yep. So now we're recording on a Monday again. We really need to get into the habit of doing it before. Yeah. From this one, once we've got Crescent City out of the way, I think we'll be on top of it. Genuinely. Hopefully. Um, but yes. So next week will be Crescent City. And then we will be, we will be doing the sequel. Um, from the from blood and ash series we'll be doing kingdom of flesh and fire um uh thank you everyone for tuning in um uh keep sharing yes social media if you wanted to follow us on social media twitter is at off the book underscore pod tiktok and instagram is at off the book underscore the podcast if you're listening on what's it called my brain's gone to mush um um apple that's the one apple Podcasts. feel free to leave us a like a comment a review give us a rating whatever you feel like message us on anything we don't care we don't have lives and if we want to get out of reading like i currently i mean i'm enjoying crescent city but if i get a distraction i do take it because the world there's a lot of world building that's going Uh on um Um, but message us just turned into um hawk flynn stan account yeah so if you like that (laughs) <laughs> give it a follow do it do it um but no we are really friendly thank you for your support um obviously in this economy um mm. supporting local business is a big thing so please support your local businesses but also support uh us because we we are a very we're a very small podcast we like to build up we keep building up our listeners but you know please keep sharing it with all of your loved ones your friends your colleagues your family your enemies share it with everyone because every <laughs> little in the words of tesco's every little helps um and i'd like to go down to only working one job the two the two jobs is a lot here i mean i work two jobs but i only get paid for one of them <laughs> so you know I, I get i i mean i'm lucky i get paid for two of them but uh, i'm tired all the time I am so tired. I'm literally falling asleep. My brain turned to, I don't know if you noticed, at some point I just zoned out because you was just talking through your notes and I was just there like. <laughs> I thought that? you were just like that with my notes. Nope. I thought you were just like, for goodness sake. Nope, just, I um, zoned out and then I like refocused and I was like, oh, shit, where are we? <laughs> um, please let us know what you think of the episode. Let us know what you think of the book. Let us know if you have any, uh, if you've read the second book, without giving us any spoilers tell us what your thoughts were tell us if you're excited to hear what our thoughts are please just get involved leave uh, reviews even if you don't want to listen to it just put it on play and leave the room every mm. little screen helps <laughs> oh so, we have a good reads account as well for the podcast which is literally if you search off the book the podcast or off the book podcast we'll be there 
and oh, we're we email if you wanted to email us i don't even know what it is we, we'll, we'll attach all of our all of our social medias and every uh-huh. way that you can connect with us um yeah. and you'll be able to follow all of the books that we're reading um on there because uh, we'll often be reading like two books at a time so you can see what we're reading now and what we're about to record and then what we'll be doing next mm-hmm. you also see us leaving reviews um which will be a very short version of the podcast and also us just promoting ourselves um so please uh support us and thank you to everyone who supported us so far it's really I mean, lovely if you've even got to, i mean how long was this episode two hours <laughs> yeah two hours if you've got to this point thank you for listening this far <laughs> ahead and listening to our dumb bitch energy mm-hmm. yeah um we're gonna peace out because we both have to go to work in the morning i mean i have to be up at half five uh i my alarm my first alarm goes off at half five do i wake up at half five never no i wake up at like my alarm is ten past five and i normally don't wake up until five to six and then panic for 20 minutes i wake up at like 6 15 love that and i always aim to leave at 7 30 do i no i'm i'm like halfway through my makeup like oh i still need to have <laughs> coffee okay right. yeah. we're gonna be We're going to peace out. See you next week for some Sarah J Mass. Yeah. Bye, guys.